0: Welcome to the Butter Chicken Podcast, hosted by DJ Shiraz and DJ Juicy. Ooh. We focus on the stories of individuals
1: who are making great impact in society and culture. The Butter Chicken experience is well-cooked, thought-provoking conversation. Thank you for tuning in, and enjoy the vibes. You got the cool stuff. how are you doing, man?
0: Man, today is a little bit different.
1: Why do you, why is it different?
0: I just feel a different energy today, man.
1: And is there any particular reason or just generally speaking you feel different energy?
0: Um I feel that when you work so hard in this industry and you 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 hustle hard, you meet a lot of different types of people. Right? You mm-hmm. meet the people that will never call you back. Sure. You met the people. You meet meet the people that yes, you wanna be like yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Just DM me, and then you DM them, and they never, they never get back with you, or they never even respond. And you, you see that they've seen the DM. Mm-hmm. You ever, you ever <laughs> yeah. get those type of people? Of
1: course, yeah. yeah let's do something together, definitely, bro. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Hey, man. I uh, got a couple of weeks where I'm free. You're available. Ghost. Whatever, maybe. But seen.
0: And then <laughs> and then you sometimes like you run into someone, you hit them, and you automatically from immediate interaction you feel like that person's
1: humble absolutely a lot of respect for those people
0: right me too and um today our guest uh is a guy with accolades on accolades he's done so much in the industry uh behind the scenes player if you will um someone who's responsible for shaping the image and shaping so many careers or helping shape so many careers but when i dm'd him i, I had no i n- never met him we never met mm-hmm. uh, i think we've been at a lot of the same places at the same yeah. time we've but, seen each other but yeah. we never met no one formally introduced us which is also kind of fucked up <laughs> but i just dm'd him and he was like yo i'm at a wedding what's up and we just chopped it up on dm and then from there i was like yo show me come through to the podcast <laughs> and immediately he was like i'm
1: down that's sick that's and love is it love I think so. <laughs> Dude, it has like, to be.
2: <laughs> for me, it's just like I get an opportunity to like sit down with, you know, others like me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with it. You know, that's I awesome. Have man. these conversations. It's therapeutic for me.
1: That's awesome. I respect wow. that a lot. I was,
0: uh, I'll be honest with you, man. You coming today? Us being in a new studio. Um I was pretty nervous, bro.
2: I like the colors. I see you got you got <laughs> the Bengali colors too. <laughs> <in here>. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I got the, got the red and the green. Yeah. That's
0: all our boy Raj, man. Raj is uh, a friend of the family. Uh, he's in-house, if you will, um, super producer, engineer. And he, uh, he's been rocking with me for like 12 years. And um, when we first started the podcast, um, we were debating on a studio to use, and we chose Manhattan because Manhattan's convenient, and we wanted Manhattan, obviously, and Mm. just easier for our guests. And when you said you were in Jersey, I was like, wait, you're in Jersey. Roger Studios in Jersey. Butter Chicken Jersey. We had to make it happen. Like, why pay that Holland Tunnel toll? (laughs) I don't care how much paper you got. That Holland Tunnel toll is crazy.
1: That's that DC talk, brother. I was just gonna
2: say that. (laughs) Right? (laughs) My wife, man, she's just like that. Yeah, she's like, oh, that extra tall.
1: Yeah, that, that's funny because my wife's just like that too, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's, it's okay if you take the Long Island Railroad versus the subway. It's it's a couple dollars more. And she's yeah, like, no, it's wife, the principle. <laughs> every penny, dude. Yeah.
0: So speaking of which, speaking of his wife and just the the Daisy thing, um, you were born in Dhaka. Yeah. Bangladesh, Bangladesh. for those who don't know, uh, eighty two. Yep. So you came here at what age? Like eight. At the age of eight. So. You came here at eight. Did you speak English when you came here?
2: Very little. And it's funny, it's just like a lot of my cousins were already here. Uh, They were born here. They're like second generation. I was, you know, I guess I'm considered first generation if I'm first here, right? Yeah. So it's just like they're a lot more advanced and it's just like, you know, we had a little bit of a, you know, like, communication issues. And I think, you know, when you're young, you make fun of people because you make sense and things like that, whatever. It's just funny, you know? But um, I think that motivated me to, like, just... Okay, how do I become cool like them? You know, right. I started watching Fresh Prince. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What year? So working. that's
0: like 1990 when you come. Yeah, out. yeah,
2: okay. 1990. So it's just like it's so funny. I'm like watching Fresh Prince to learn some English. I'm watching Mister Rogers. I'm watching Sesame Street. You know, you I'm eight, to- but I'm watching like these five year old programs. <laughs> 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 you know, I'm just like watching everything. You know, it's just, okay, cool. So is
0: that your education? Is that your American education? I think so.
2: I think so. You know, like before, like in Bangladesh, only thing I watched really was like the Cosby show and MacGyver. I think that's, those two are like big hits in Bangladesh. Interesting. You know, other than that, like everything else was Hindi movies. Like Bengalis don't, a lot of people don't know this, but Bengalis don't really watch Bengali movies. Right. You know, like Made in Bangladesh, because a lot of them like art house films is what they call it, you know? So it's like a lot of the rickshaw drivers and things like that, they watch them. So growing up, it's like you watch movies by Shah Khan and Amitabh Bachchan, things like that, you know? So it's just like Bengalis have this unique thing where we still, I don't know, I guess we're not considered Indian, but we kind of still feel like we're still Indian. Sure. You know? Absolutely. So sometimes I'll even say, like when I talk to like, I have a lot of you know, Desi friends, I'm a lot of them indian and it's just like you know sometimes it's like yeah hey, you know it's that indian thing <laughs> you know it's just like you forget you know it's kind of funny it's just how it is you know That's but so um,
0: we have we have that um conversation all the time cuz when we first started doing the podcast Juicy and I, I'm Indian I'm Cindy Juicy's Punjabi right and we hang out with Desi's we hang out with everybody but yeah. our Desi Group is very diverse. We hang out with Pakistanis, we hang out with Bengalis. It doesn't really matter to us. Right. Like we're all brown skin at the end of the day.
1: Right. But Juicy once said to me, Yeah, like, I made an apology on air, on record, saying that I, I caught myself saying Indian over and over again when I should have really been saying South Asian or Desi. Um. And what I, what I was just kind of clarifying was that I did mean everybody in, in our culture, is South Asian. Yeah, so but you know, it's it just funny. It's so like I say Asian. that
2: to myself sometimes. I'll be just around. My other friends and like, let's say like I was just taking a phone call with uh, IBM the other day. Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, we need like an Indian guy. <laughs> wow. To do the job, I was like, "Look, I'm not Indian, I'm Bengali, but I'm still the man for the job because I understand the culture." And then I was like, "My producer's Indian, you know, right?" So I was just like, "Yo, let me get this. And don't don't discriminate if I'm Bengali because I think I still get the angle, right?" And I'm just really trying to get this Microsoft gig, you know. <laughs> so I was just like, "Hey," and you know, it's funny because my wife speaks Hindi. You okay. know, is your like, wife Bengali as well? She's Bengali, but like she's again, from Dhaka Beng- too. Yeah, okay. no, 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 actually, she's from Chittagong, which is Chitagong, like okay. more in the south. But um, I think every Bengali woman knows Hindi because they grow up idolizing all the, Bolly- the Bollywood Jones, films yeah. and things like that. They listen to so they could speak it just pretty much fluently. I feel like and, you know it comes with the subtitles or it's, whatever.
0: So today we're gonna get into a lot, and yeah. like you've mentioned, Bollywood actors a couple of times, and yeah. I know the the more current part of your career has kind of led you to to work with some big and, Bollywood see, actors.
2: And it's funny we'll go into more about that, like it's crazy like a lot of these things i grew up on certain people i like really looked up to are just like now in my universe and it's like what is going on this it's like is surreal almost yeah? surreal because it's just like you know growing up it's just like i wasn't like oh i can't wait to work with all these right. like bollywood stars and you know other people I, I looked up to when i was young it wasn't like that at all right um because when you come to america you want to be as american as possible it's just like You know, just just, I'm I'm hip-hop, you know? Yeah, totally. Just assimilate right away. Yeah, you want to assimilate. So you kind of want to, like, hide...
1: The other side of your culture. your other side
2: of your culture in front of your American friends. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just like, oh, man, like, I remember going to school. Like, my backpack still smells like curry. I'm like, oh, dude, like, (laughs) every day it's just like all my friends are like... You know, some of them are understanding, like, "Man, your parents cook some good food." I gotta go. I gotta come over. And then the other ones are just like joking you. You know, it's just, it's, but it's all fun and games, you know. Because like I had a uh, this high school I went to, it was very diverse. Green Run High School in Virginia Beach. Like Virginia Beach in general is a very diverse. I got robbed in Virginia Beach, once no, Oh yeah, I mean, it <laughs> could <can> happen. <laughs> it could happen. Yeah, <laughs> just listen yeah. to the clips. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Speaking of which, the clips. Yeah. Uh, talking about high school. Yeah. Um, early days, Mm -hmm. Um, who were your influences growing up in Virginia?
2: So growing up in Virginia originally, it's just like it was my cousins actually because I went to like, you know, you become of music listening age at a certain age, you know what I'm saying? Before Mm -hmm. that, you just listen to whatever your parents are listening to, whatever's on the radio, right? Sure. So it's just like growing up, I was lucky because like my cousins are actually much older than me. They were, uh, most of them that I looked up to are like, I think six or seven years older than me, you know? So it's just like, they were listening to a lot of 80s music, right? And each of my cousins, they're all just like, listen to different things. So I think that really did something for me because I had one cousin that was listening to The Cure or New Order. I had another cousin that's like putting me into uh, Rex and Effects, which kind of all connects later being that Pharrell produced Rump Shaker. Right. So like growing up, Virginia Beach is a very diverse place because of the military already. So you have uh, a, a big amount of Filipinos there. Right. It's just like the other brown people that you connect with because it's very much like similar, you know, the culture. So it's like my high school, most of my friends, uh, there, there weren't that many uh, uh, South Asians where I the high school I went to. But the closest thing to me were like all my Filipino friends because they, they got it, you know. Brown skin with the slanty eyes. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. They got it, you know. We folks with each other. For <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's just like I we could all resla- relate, and we just like had a pack, you know. But like I was, I think I was fortunate to grow up there. But like going back to the music, like I said, all my cousins were just heavy into music. Some of them were DJs, and like some of them were staying with like these Bulgarian cats that put them to like the Prodigy mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And so like when I'm in high school, I'm listening to like a music. That was just like so new to all my peers because all my peers, like, this is, let's say, like 1996. I'm in ninth grade. Like, okay. one still of the listening. best musical oh, years. Oh my God. Are ever. you kidding me? Yeah. 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 Like, listening to Biggie and all that. But at the same time, I'm like telling all these other new kids, like, yo, you should check out this group called The Prodigy. Mm-hmm. You know, my cousin put me on to them because he's just like into electronic music. And this is like right before 98, where electronic music became really mainstream, right. right? Sure. But like, I was attracted to that world because, like, even in electronic, they were like, dabbling with guys like um, Cool Keith. And, like, there were all these, like, you know, um, records that were just um, mashups almost. Yeah, there was there was the trip-hop thing that was happening. Yeah, we were,
0: in New York, we were listening to, like, Armand Van Helden.
2: Yeah, that's my cousin all day. Like, I remember seeing his posters. It's like, Bad Boy Bill, Armand Van Helden, all this stuff. Right, and that, that
0: that was all, like, it comes from hip-hop yeah but at the same time it was a new sound that was just it just kind of became more global exactly it was more identifiable on right. a larger right. scale where, when like, it was
2: underground i felt special you know and i was i felt like i was trying to put my friends onto something because they weren't used to this right you know they were just listening to either big ear no doubt or something like that you know right and well, like, what yo, was on the radio this, yeah it was on the radio i'm like yo check this stuff out like yo this is weird some people like really embraced it and to this day i'll have friends in facebook's like yo i can't remember i can't believe when you put me on to like this early music you know right so before anything it's always been like my love for music that got me where i am now right it's just like it's always like music music music's all in my head and other than that it's like the other way i bonded with my cousins and friends were video games (laughs) and it's just like those two things kind of what
0: systems were you playing on
2: oh man okay so this is funny my parents when we first moved here they pretty much gave up everything you know they left everything they had my dad was a great banker in bangladesh so this all makes sense when i explain it but so when they came to this country we pretty much had nothing left you know my dad's degrees didn't really count Mm -hmm. he was working odd jobs right so it's like when my cousins had the genesis i could only afford the nintendo so it's just like I had the Nintendo,
0: regular Nintendo, regular Nintendo. That was the shit. Oh, I loved it. it. Yeah. I loved Duck it. Hunt with the, with the But gun. like because
2: <laughs> of financial situations, and I think I've always been like that kind of person who's very like I always guilt myself. So I'm like, even I think my dad would have gotten me the SNES. Because my cousin, I remember, went to the store with me. He's like, get the SNES, get the SNES. I was like, no, nah, man, I'm just going to get this. This is, like, more realistic for us right now. He's right. like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's just like. It was, like, ingrained in you, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, to, like, have a certain type of, like, uh, I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't know if it's humbleness or whatever it is, but just just, like, be understanding, right? And I just saw how hard my parents were working. You know, my dad was working two, three odd jobs. And my mom was working odd a job, you know, the one at the dry cleaners, the other one delivering pizzas and doing all this. Did they, did
0: they speak English when they were They
2: here? did, actually. I mean, uh, you know, both of them were very well-educated, you know. But they were all – they still felt like, uh, you know, a lot of the times people still felt uh, try to treat them like they weren't that smart because they're a heavy accent, right? right. So it's just like you – I'm like – and it was funny. Like some regular Joe schmo guy would joke my dad's accent. And I'm like, if you only knew, my dad is like – top of his class when he graduated Yeah, right. (laughs) knows everything about mathematics and everything you know super smart dude and it's funny because you know later on in life I saw um you know my dad really become an entrepreneur more and more because you know as he was working these um odd jobs he was studying for a CPA license you know and finally got it and then he was working for somebody and then as an accountant it was just like one company he was working for he was like their in-house accountant it went from him him using that job and using that desk to like start hustling and getting a lot of brown clients right wow. they all trusted him there was this trust right. so like my dad Pause for of, a second. Yeah.
0: I don't trust no brown accountant. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Never for me. That's funny. <laughs> and it's the opposite here in uh, Virginia because it's like, you know, it's not like not like New York where you're exposed to so many brown people, you know? Everybody, that, if you see a brown guy, it's like, We're here, let's connect, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, let's for stick sure. together. So it's not different. with accounting, though. Uh, that's funny. But uh, it's funny because, you know, my dad's my accountant, too, and I trust him with everything. Like I think he knows... How much I make more than I do? I don't even know how much I make. You know, my dad does. I trust your dad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like that. I and it's funny because I didn't listen to him at a certain point in my life. Uh, we'll go into later, but um, you know, so I saw all that struggle, and um, you know, like I said, I was the I was the cousin that had the damn Nintendo at my house while all the other ones had like the SNES and the Genesis and later the Playstations, and then after my parents started making some real money, you know. I kind of like became that guy who kind of like didn't even care about video games anymore. Right. So I was like, I would rather just like, yo, just buy me like a dope computer so I can like make, you know, do graphic design and, and all this other stuff.
1: Seems you like know? the technology was your thing basically. Whether yeah. Video yeah. Games I or... felt
2: like I was kind of early on and it's like, if you talk to Pusha, it's like back in the days, like in 2003, like they did not touch the internet. Yeah. Seriously. Like the first we got it for cheap mixtape came out. Because I had all these instrumentals, I would download, and I would just go to the studio and give it to their engineers. It's like, yo, here you go, here you go. Like,
0: Wait, we, we we got to pause yeah. for a second because yeah, yeah. now you're in like you're in like legendary talk. now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're in, you're really in come up talk, but you just went from having Nintendo to giving Pusha T instrumentals.
2: <laughs> I guess I'm all over the place. No, because... no, but I love it. Yeah, but,
0: but like for those of us uh, who who are in hip hop, who love hip hop, uh, and you know, want to know your come up story, and now we see you doing all these videos with Beyonce, Diplo, Amigos. Uh, it comes from somewhere. It totally. Di- it doesn't. Beyonce didn't just call you and say, "Yo, I, I fuck with you." There's a story to that.
2: You know, it's funny because, uh, and the story is like, I don't really uh, depend on like having an agent. I'm my own agent really like I have an agent that reps me and we'll do stuff every once in a while but I think I'm hyper aggressive when it comes to like my business mm-hmm. and and I don't mean in like some selling kind of way I'm just like I just have to be myself I guess because nobody nobody just handed it to me it's just like when I was uh, when I graduated my parents said hey high school or college uh, uh, college okay mm-hmm. Well, high school, let's talk about high school. When mm. I graduated high school, they're like, what are you going to study? It's like, I want to do art. They're like, son, you know, that's not realistic. Like, we worked hard all our (laughs) life and you're telling me you want to go into (laughs) arts are you crazy (laughs) and when you say
0: art they're you're liberal arts yeah liberal arts
2: you know i want to be an illustrator they're like impossible are you nuts they're like he's going through a phase but yeah exactly exactly they're just like trust me you know we didn't work this hard Mm -hmm. so you could go to school and like get a degree that's not going to do anything (laughs) for you trust me we've seen this before whatever right and so i was like okay what's the closest thing that can still tie in something like my love for video games even right because mm-hmm. that's the other thing it's like two things I grew up loving video games and hip-hop right and uh, just music in general I guess and I was like wait a minute if I do computer science maybe I could flip that into like making video games or like <laughs> making web design somehow right yeah. so I was planting the seeds a little bit
0: okay so early on
2: yeah yeah and and so I said okay we'll do computer science you know and my parents are like, cool awesome you know get your degree do your thing
1: it's it's funny it's funny, yeah. I mean, so actually, I, I want to backtrack a little bit. You, yeah. you spoke about, um, like, kind of the struggle of of your backpack smelling like Indian or desi <laughs> yeah. food. Uh, call caught myself again. There you see, see that. I'll go, no, see, dude, I get it. <laughs> uh, um, but me. then you have cousins there, so that's yeah. kind of like an outlet that makes you feel like you're at home. Yeah. Did you like identify with any one specific, like, or was it just a mix of of all the cultures that you were in it's, at that? It's mo- a
2: mix of all the cultures. I was blessed. I got like 50 cousins on my mom's side.
1: All Bengalis have 50 cousins. I right? know, dude. <laughs> Crazy. I got, like, families. I got eight aunts. You yeah. Know?
2: yeah. Uh, just on one side. Yeah. Uh, it's just everyone's it a cousin. Uh, very, very. Uh, just trying to spread the tribe i guess but um uh, uh. you know i mean that's why bengal that's why bangladesh is so pop- overpopulated man i don't know was it's there just- any
1: struggles with that like uh with culturally growing up like a, um, ade- personal identity specifically
2: y- yeah because sometimes you wanted to be in denial because you got joked you know it's just like that documentary came out about the whole apu thing mm. you know you were either called a poo or habib because those who were kind of jealous of you that was their like defense that was their insecurity showing like trying to put you down like hey habib what's up like because me and my cousin like let's say when my parents started making a little bit more money we got fresher kicks we got like polo and all this on you know at a certain uh, phase of my life and these other kids that kind of were like low-key haters would just call you habib still and I'm like, okay, call me so, Habib. So, like, my up. cousins that are Habibs, they own all these stores making more money than you, bro. Like, <laughs> I, just call me that. Cool, you know? But it was just <laughs> okay, funny. Okay,
0: so you, you were accepting of it and like, let me just keep it moving.
2: Yeah, because I've always been the type of guy like, okay, you, you give me a, uh, you want to diss me, I'm going to embrace it somehow and flip it on you, you know? It's just like, I don't let people, you know. Not too many people are like know.
1: that. That's that's definitely bold
0: so so your parents are like bugging that you want to do art you yeah. flip it to computer science and the thing
2: is all my cousins were trying to do art one of them's like oh i want to be a dj yeah. now that he's been dj and you know putting us all into music and everything he's like i want to be a dj is that guy still dj he still dj's but uh in dc he lives in dc but he's an engineer you know he got his we all went to the uh, same uh school o- old dominion university which is like kind of like a not a it's, it's kind of like a tech school a lot of brown kids go there right. if you're in virginia and if you're not trying to like leave the nest mm-hmm. that's that's the plan and that's the other thing my parents were also not trying to let me like go to like an out-of-state <laughs> school they think oh i'm gonna get wild and yeah. get crazy <laughs> do wild shit you know so you got kids no not yet not yet hopefully soon you know but um so if
0: if your kid wakes up and says you know Dad, i want to be a music producer or a dad, I want to like, no. do art. For <laughs> real? Just because I deal with what I deal with. I'll,
2: uh, I'll give them the other side. Yeah, Like, uh, I'll be a doctor. I think I would do the same thing my parents did. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. not easy, bro. Yeah. It's, you know, like, it's no, not it's easy. not easy, but yeah. you're killing it now. Yeah, but it came with a lot, man. It came with a lot of years of like, you know, trying to prove myself. Because at first, you you kind of get looked, uh, it's, it's flipped a lot because in the beginning when you're a brown dude, they only trust, like I said, you know, like I'd be with the Clips, I'd be with Star Trek Records. Like when, when I finally graduated, I was trying to use my computer skills somehow to like lure them in.
0: What 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 was the defining moment that that where you said I'm gonna really do this so creative got, thing
2: for that to re- really play into like okay, so when I graduated, I had a internship at a, a computer, uh, a programming uh, company, like they were making software for like. College registration in whatever, Virginia. In Virginia, I was working for those guys, right? What year are we in? This is now 2006. I graduated okay. late, man, because like I, I, I was because the side hustles I got caught up in, so I was like kind of part time here and there, which was already pissing off my parents, right. like, dude. It's six years you got, so like I, I should have graduated too. in 2004. I graduated 2006, and. You know, I was trying to tell him like, yo, let me do this, cause uh, so here I am trying to juggle two lifestyles, like trying to make them happy, go to school, but not drop out, right? But at the same time, like I'm meeting the Clips in 2003. How does they that got happen? the hottest. So, so get this: just high school friends that I grew up with. They uh, knew this kid named uh, Kid Icarus, mm-hmm. and he was working with another guy named Nicholas F. And this will all connect later too. But so Nicholas F. Kid Icarus. They were all, you know, kind of sought out by Pharrell and all those guys locally. And uh, Kid Icarus was working with one of Pharrell's artists, um, family. Okay. And then were, he and he was also like trying to let him listen to beats. But this was a mutual high school, f- uh, like a mutual friend through high. You know, just my high school friends that I grew up with. At that era, I'm not thinking entrepreneurship, but I do want to like, I just want to be cool and like, uh, I guess whatever clout meant back then. You know, I want to be like down with these guys, right? But so through Jared. Him, like, being in the studio with these uh, guys, I was like, yo, what can we do, like, to, you know, prove to them, like, I, I kind of want to be in this, like, world. I want to be in this studio with these guys. So for Nicholas F., I just, like, made a website, made album covers, all this stuff that I just learned on my own, right? And then I showed that to this other guy that introduced me, who's kind of an A&R at Star Trek Records at the time. Uh, doug dozier kind of changed my life because then doug saw this is like you know virginia beach is like such a a, a small place for that sort of work mm-hmm. so you, there weren't that many kids that were doing web design that would do it for a rapper right right so it's the right place at the right time in a weird way because virginia beach doesn't have that kind of industry but i happen to do the computer science thing
1: and those guys didn't have the foresight to put out that type of like that media like yeah no like they
2: were like oh this guy knows how to make a website. And I was like, yo, to be honest, I was still staying with my parents and I wasn't going to leave till I was really financially ready. Right. So like I could do stuff for free. You know, there is a little bit of that Brown privilege. It does exist in certain aspects where your parents, even though they don't understand what you're doing, I don't know for everybody, at least for my parents, they were still supportive because it wasn't like I was getting into bad stuff. You know, it was still like, you know, I was, I was just trying to hustle, you know? So it was like, I was making flyers and all that. But once like, we got it for cheap thing happened first i didn't even realize i was kind of like low-key like doing executive stuff for these guys not realizing it you know i'm like burning the music together i'm like putting the artwork together and so like i made this album cover for the first we got it for cheap mixtape i didn't really even know how to like do design work that much i was just like
0: was that photoshop or it's photoshop yeah yeah, yeah.
2: i just like got a bootleg copy of photoshop very primitive yeah super primitive just put a few layers on took a photo with whatever camera my dad bought for like vacations <laughs> it he, wasn't even like a legit camera but back
0: so, then did you see the did you see where star trek or where the clips or where pharrell or anybody was going did you
2: Well, pharrell was already this like dude that was already kind of making it right right but i had heard like stories about him i would hear about and it was funny back then people thought he was puerto rican so they were like yo there's this puerto rican guy and this filipino guy <laughs> yo you, they're just like us you got to meet them and they were dressing like how virginia kids dressed you know we're from that unique culture where black people white people asian people virginia Beach is, uh, is not that seg- it's 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 not that it's diverse and it's also a different type of thing where it's not segregated people truly hang out with each other you are in neighborhoods where it's not like New York, not to this New York. New York right. is diverse, but it's still segregated. Absolutely. Whereas Virginia Beach, you grew up with like everybody that were all skateboarding, and if you were black and you were skateboarding, it wasn't like a weird thing, you know. Right, right. Right. So like that's one of the things that Pharrell represented, right? He represented what Virginia Beach's culture was. So I was like, I gotta like hold on, you know, to this thing, you know, like however I can. And so like even while I was in college, they made me a college rep, so I was just running errands, whatever. So I got to download what, instrumentals. Can I can
0: like, I ask you? Back then What's a college rep What does a college rep look like And Are you getting paid
2: Nah (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely yeah. not. It was so unofficial. It yeah. was like y- you know you'd get an email from like these guys with the at Star Trek Records That was good enough, right? To just even have that acknowledgement, like right. somebody from the label with an official like email is emailing you and they want stuff from you. Right. You're like, I made it. You know, one, one, that one was thing, good enough. One
0: thing that that we we strive for is we we try to educate the youth or we try to educate anyone on the come up. That's a big part of our initiative yeah. at Butter Chicken and just as our unit DJ USA our crew and what we do is we we believe in in uh pushing the youth and helping the youth right and you know many of us have done that right. where we we you get someone from higher up saying yo can you can you do this for me and yeah. you're like fuck yeah i'm gonna
2: do it like this is this is an opportunity right exactly so i wasn't even looking at the money i didn't even care about it i didn't even know what an invoice was
0: (laughs) listeners pay attention okay
2: i didn't know what an invoice was like i just got an argument the other day about the whole internship thing on twitter we'll go into later but i was like (laughs) you know you guys want to get this money instantly like for internships like are you guys crazy i would have paid to do this right you know so it's just like do you think it's
0: like because of the era we came up in, and it was like... Yeah, was because, you know,
2: how hard it is to get into the industry, especially as a brown dude, you know? Like, you're not even looked at as somebody that belongs, right? Like, I'm the only one that's sticking out. Like, yeah. I'm in a room full of, like, all these rappers from the streets. <laughs> and here's this nerdy brown kid <laughs> that, you know, is supposed to be responsible for getting it out on the internet. Right. So, I'm the one who, that's... Who better, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Of course. So, they, just, they
0: had the foresight, though, to be... Star Trek had the foresight. Even for now, sure. I think, just... Everyone, like, well, Pharrell, even, even when yeah. you watch Pusha now and what yeah. they do on the net and how they just embrace things, like, you're kind of very key influencer in that.
2: Yeah, yeah, because it's just like, Pusha's like, yo, just go, when MySpace came out, I was like, I'll go ahead and run my MySpace, like, I don't care. Like, you know, they didn't take that stuff as seriously, but they knew it was necessary. So I did it. So I would run the MySpace, put myself on the top eight. I would run each of the accounts. <laughs> so I would run Pharrell's MySpace. I would run NERD's MySpace, Shay, wow. Family, uh, Roscoe P, all these guys that were signed. And I'm just like, oh, customizing the pages, putting who designed it, putting myself <laughs> on the top eight. And that got a lot of people's attention. <laughs> And like people, I was like, guy? I don't care if I'm not getting paid to do any of this. Yeah. This is free marketing for me, and this is so uh, this like is like the first phase of social media, social media. Yeah. right? It's right. The first phase of social media. So like this is post Friendster though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Post, post Friendster. Post Friendster, Friendster wasn't like a place for rappers, you know, like no. yeah, right, MySpace right. was, right? So it's just like we're putting mixtapes out there, all this stuff, and I'm just branding, branding, tagging my name with everything, right? Were you tagging your phone name? No, I, I at the time I was just putting elusive media because I was the okay. company, right, and it still is. But elusive media started out with one of my best friends since elementary school. That's a whole other part of the story. My best friend is uh, also like a similar experience, but he was Chinese, right? And but we related to each other so much just because the strict parents. What's that we his had. name? Philip Lee. Philip Lee. Okay, so okay. Yeah. and it's funny because that is a big chunk of the story because we were. We still are like brothers, but he ended up like now, current day, he's like doing his nine to five thing just because at a certain phase in his life, he's like, I can't keep up with this, right? The instability of being in this business. And he did, he made that decision about like eight years ago. He's like, no, I'm just going to do nine to five. But when we started out 2003, we were both college reps for Star Trek, right? Anything I didn't know, he knew he was even more savvy. Really, I was learning from him. He was like super into like the internet with like learning internet relay chats and all this stuff, all this technology. So we were using both of our heads, and like I said, we would be at Pusha's studio anytime they needed us. Like, oh, you need like me to take a photo of something for you to like for the cover, whatever. We got this, you know. Whatever instrumentals you need, we got this. I remember there was one time for remember they were at Rio to do a concert, they didn't have the instrumentals. We were downloading them, you know, for them and sending it back. Was this dial up at that time? No, it was, no, past it was, it was like, it was finally like D- DSL. DSLR. Yeah. Uh, was it called? Not not DSLR. DSL. Yeah, DSL, yeah. DSL. DSL yeah. internet. So it was all right. It was all right speeds, but I remember the the labels like patiently waiting, like, oh my God, you know, thank you. Like, you saved our lives. And a lot of times I wouldn't even get credit for doing all that behind the scenes stuff. It's that, like they would. But
0: behind the scenes people don't know. Nah, no, like, credit. so
2: they, I was kind of saving their asses, you know? Right. But it's cool, you know, it's cool because they did look out for me at the end of the day. And like, like I said, like when I first got my first check finally from Pharrell, it wasn't me asking for money. It was finally them like, hey, and it wasn't even Pharrell's fault because it wasn't like directly for Pharrell. It was a lot of these new artists that were just signed. And Star Trek operated like an indie label, really. Right. So it's just like everything we were doing felt indie, you know. So like finally, like when I finally did something for Pharrell, it was a TV show. Uh and it was like for a pilot that they were doing and my boy Doug was like the host of it. It was similar to this. It was like a podcast. It was called That's What I Wanted. Uh-huh. This is before a podcast even really existed. So Pharrell w- w- developed this early on with these guys and they needed a logo done. And so I made the logo and then the dude was like, yo, write an invoice. I was like, how do I do that? Like, what does that mean? So I asked my dad, Like, yeah. I got to send an invoice out. Six on this, what it looks like? <laughs> He's like, oh, I got you. Luckily, right? yeah. luckily <laughs> you had uh, an accounting father. Exactly. So I sent my first invoice. It was like my first check for Pharrell was like two hundred dollars for a logo, right? <laughs> Not bad. No, no, no. <laughs> I, you know, I shouldn't even cash it. I should have just yeah, like framed it. Framed it at the yeah. time. I didn't realize how important that was. Although I, d- I remember taking a photo of it and like, uh, like blurring out like the uh, What's wrong? Uh, right, and sending it to all my friends. Like I told y'all, I worked for
0: Pharrell. <laughs> nobody
2: believed. That was the first like. Receipt, as yeah. they say, you that was my first receipt. You know like, what
0: made yeah. me made me feel really really good? Yeah. Um, I was uh, on the BBC uh, page, their Instagram page. Oh like yeah. Maybe a few days ago, and <laughs> I saw a picture of you in all the throwback Star Trek right, stuff. That right, right. They, they released a shirt, the hat, and all this cool stuff. And uh, I was like, yo. Is that show me that they posted? Yo, it's and so funny. And then I read funny. the
2: caption. And I'm like, for me. I would have never dreamed that they would even. You know, to a lot of kids, that might not mean a lot. It meant a lot to me that they, you know, like, got me involved in that. But now you see, I, I'm a DJ.
0: I'm in the right. culture and I'm in the scene and I see that. And I was like, wow, this is <laughs> fucking crazy. And then I, I talked to him. He's like, oh, yeah, they posted show me. I was like, yeah, I know. I just had texted you being <laughs> right. like, wow, that's that's pretty dope to see that. Yeah. But the bigger thing is is like there's that twelve year old South Asian kid that right. that buys BBC that pops right. over there. Right, right. And like they're like, Who's that? Yeah. And
1: he's saying, like, oh, I, I look like that too. And then they right. gotta do their yeah. Googling and figure it out.
2: Right, right. Like who's this cat, right? Yeah. And it's funny, after they posted that every day like something new comes out, I have so many brown kids, Indian kids, Pakistani kids, Bengali kids just like, yo, help me out like i'm like i got you guys just come to my shoot we'll figure it out you know like Wait, I, what I, do I you mean it. like if they want to come to my shoot and they want to volunteer I'll, I'll pay them like i'll pay them a little like you know what i'm saying yeah. you know for for their time but like you know to help them out and and it's worked for a lot of guys you know like a lot of like the first cat that reached out to me is when i was at Loop, bengali kid he was like yo i just want to intern for you guys he ended up interning for us to now like uh, his dad has, like, some factory in Bangladesh, and he's making clothes for, like, all these major brands, but it's through Connects that he made when he was interning for me at Karma Loop. So now they're doing collabs with, like, all these companies, Snapchat, and all this crazy stuff, wow. and it's it's funny to see, like, the seeds you plant and where it goes, and the great thing is, we're, you know, these kids come back, and they thank me, and then they actually sometimes ending up bringing me bigger opportunities. One of my interns was the reason why I just did that Under Armour job. He was an intern, ended up working marketing for the, or creative direction for this company later on. And he brought me this commercial job back. It's great. Wow.
0: Yeah. Full circle. I want to ask you something. Yeah. This is, uh, this is um something that me and juicy. I turn it. Me and juicy talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, the power of a cosine.
2: Oh my God! And um, I understood um, it early.
0: Um, apparently, because you were tagging <laughs> all your shit on my, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Like y- you were you were taking the cosine when those artists might not even cared or known that you were taking the cosine, yeah. right? But you you mm-hmm. were taking. Well, you were you've been getting cosign now for a long time, and now you saying even interns could cosign your work, or guys that intern for you, um, cosign your work. How important do you think a cosign is from someone that can create an opportunity or help you create an opportunity?
2: Um, To me, the cosign is just as important as the work because you could have the dopest work. You don't have the cosign, You don't have the trust of somebody they're not going to come to you. Right. right? The opportunity is not even. Yeah. And that's why it, and it goes hand in hand with like why you should be open to volunteering and doing things for these guys. Like I said, like I just wanted the cosign, you know. Uh, not to say I didn't love what I was doing. I I was trying to do my best, but I knew how important that co-sign was gonna be, and that's what I tapped into early on. And it goes back to me going to the Star Trek Forum and networking with other people. And so like when we were at that era, started going around in Star Trek, even though I was like a college rep, I started officially work for them and I'd be the guy that was posting photos from the studio and like, oh look at this, look at this. This is a Grammy they just got or here's a plaque. And all the kids are like, Yo, show me who's that dude. That's gonna be a direct plug on the internet to somehow get signed to Star Trek. So right. one of the first guys that reached out was Drake. To wow. who? <laughs> to me. Wow. <laughs> Wait. Oh, you don't know about this. I no. know about him
0: coming from Toronto to the video shoot. Yeah, but,
2: but <laughs> bro, like Age 16, Drake hits me up. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is
0: where we're taking a turn in the story.
2: Oh, and then how it all connects later on in life. Oh man, yeah, it's Yo, gonna this get
0: crazy. Is crazy. Wait. So you're the plug to Star, Star Trek, Trek now, at you're... least to the internet. But the internet's the whole world, exactly. And these dudes is just in Virginia or like not accessible. Yeah, Selfable yeah. Hard exactly. To right. So
2: Drake hits me up. He's like, "Yo, man." So I who, don't know. who's
0: Drake at this point?
2: Drake is just Aubrey from um, Degrassi. Degrassi. DeGrassi, yeah. So it's like a, when you put up his music, kind of sounded too similar to Star Trek. I was like, oh, he's writing for L right now. This is corny. Like a lot of people were kind of dissing him on the forums, and I was being nice to him because I was like, oh, this kid's on DeGrassi. He's somebody, right? So I was like, yo, let me help you out. Maybe I'll I'll put you in touch with some people here. And so I think the first thing I did. So what is he? How does he hit you? Um, first it was through Star Trek, and then I'd promote my MySpace, and so then he sees me on the top eight of all these <laughs> things so he's clearly like oh show me he's that dude right right and so he hits me up on myspace messages me. he's like yo i don't really have a manager right now if you're interested i'm like ah you know like at the time the music was i know dude i, I this is crazy i was <laughs> like ah nah but i know a few guys that could probably that could help you out you know I'd, I'd still consult or whatever you know i'll help you out how i can and then uh my boy who was also somebody that was on the star trek forum started uh, working on this bathing ape album I hooked him up with this kid, Neek Rusher. Somehow, all this stuff connected where Neek produced a song for Trey Songs, and somehow Trey connected with Drake that way. And so, you know, that was one part of the story. Then, going back to Jared and Nicholas F., I connected him, and then Nick was helping him write a few records. And (laughs) he was coming to Virginia all the time. Wow. Going to like our streetwear stores, Commonwealth. Really trying to get with Star Trek, and then I remember him wiring me some money. He's like, "Yo, I got to get a record with the
0: Clips." Who wired you money? Drake. To your personal bank account. Personal bank account, like if, from Drake's bank account to your from bank. From Drake's account? bank account. What bank were you banking with at the time? Wells Fargo.
3: Wow. What was he banking? I don't know. I can't remember. Right. Probably some but, Canadian bank. Yeah. yeah. So
2: he TD. It's Commerce. Commerce Bank. Probably. So he wires me this money. I gave it what to f- wait. What does he wire you the money for? To get a collab. And Pusha oh, but, wasn't but, that interested, but wait. Malice so you're was.
0: doing, you're doing business like you're doing oh, now. Dude, you went I, from, oh yeah, yeah, because like, they
2: just trust me. I was, I was making, I was behind so many clips features, Because mm-hmm. okay. this is when their album <laughs> was being <laughs> held hostage, okay. So like they gotta get income somehow, right? Yeah. So we got, I was like, yo, so and so from the streets want to do a record with y'all. I wasn't even taking a percentage. I'm just doing, I'm just grateful that I'm around these guys. People all later on like, yo, what you're doing is like shit that managers A&R, would do and a A&R, would do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so Drake is like, yo, if I could get a record any of these guys. And he's calling so- you and telling you? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he hits me up, sends me the money and Pusha's not so interested because Pusha was always a little bit more pickier about who he's going to uh, do records with. He he thought he was cool. But um, Mouse was like, how could this help me out? That money ain't enough. It was like $3,000 or whatever. I was like, look, Gene. I call him Gene uh, Malice. I was like, Gene, your son wants to act, right? Well, maybe this would be a good relationship because I'm telling you this kid's going to be the next Will Smith. That's how I'm selling it to him. Wow. Wow. I'm selling Drake as the next Will Smith. Holy shit. And Gene's like, all right, cool. What did cool. you see in
0: Drake at the time?
2: Or you didn't, you just He was just a nice guy. He was a super <laughs> nice guy to me. And, and the fact that he was into grassy reaching out to me is like, I'm not gonna be he was a super nice kid. I'm not gonna be mean to him, you know? Like everybody else was just like, you know, internet trolling was early back then. You right. we right. were just haters, even the back then. Right. You'd post something on the Star Trek forum, people were like this oh, shit is whack, you know, whatever. I was like, no, this is cool, but you know, I think my friends can help you out. So like Nicholas F is helping him out with the music. Then they do the thing called Drake and Nick. You know, they have, like, a little mixtape they put together. Um, I'm behind a lot of that, you know, with the promotion and everything on MySpace. I'm trying to promote it somehow, low-key through these uh, clips My MySpaces and stuff, whatever. <laughs> but then it gets even deeper where this is where the Diplo thing connects. My boy DJ Benzie, we used to be on this IRC chat. I don't know if you guys remember what that is. It's, like, this primitive internet chat. So there's this underground internet chat that, that th- uh, was dedicated to the Neptunes yeah. that this kid DJ Benzi was in. So Benzie's like, show me, do me a favor. I'm trying to do a remix, uh, a remix mixtape for We Got It For Cheap. How can you make this happen? I go to Dan, who's their engineer at the time, the is engineer, uh, the Star Trek engineer, really, at Hovercraft Studios. Dan's like, hey, I guess Push will be cool with me giving you these acapellas. So he gives me the acapellas. I give it to Benzie over the internet. And he's starting to get, like, Diplo, Disco D, all these guys that are nobody wow. yet to, like, start doing mashups over these records. Nick Catch All these guys are putting these matches together. Whenever this remix came out, this remix tape came out, maybe it was 2006, 2005, I don't know. And then I'm like, yo, I tell Benzie, like, yo, you know, like my boy Drake just did a record with um, Malice too. I think it'll be, just slide that in there. Wow. Slide that in that mixtape too, if you can. And he did. Pause.
0: Power of the cosine.
2: Power of the cosine. Cosine's. And I didn't even know, you know, what that was back then, like how important that was. But Benzie was like, "Yo, anything." And then I literally used a handy cam to record the drops that Pusha did for that mixtape. So (laughs) it was on a tape. We didn't have a studio. I was just like, he came over to my house, parked in front of my mailbox with his like SL 500. Here I am recording the drops. My parents are like, "What the heck." What are these rappers always come to our house like these crazy cars? Is he dealing with drug dealers all the time? What is he getting into? Do you know? your parents ever
1: offer them food? <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah like Chad,
2: Yeah, Chad come came to my house, literally eating my mom's food, loving it. You know, that's awesome, man. Wow. And I'm trying to tell my mom like, yo, this is Chad Hugo, like Grammy award winner. My mom's like, nah, I don't believe you. Yeah, you know? here, here have, <laughs> so, have some fish curry. <laughs> yeah, you know, and he's eating it, he's loving it. But you know, all those guys would come over. Shay, everybody, even back then, early on, like. um, when a first edit would come out mm-hmm. for a music video. So Mr. Me Too first edit was delivered quick time format,
0: quick time,
2: quick time format straight up to my email or something. I would download it, burn it on a DVD, push a malice at my house, bur- watching the DVD, of the first cut. That's how we did it. That's how we watched the first cut. And we're sending notes back on. Oh, so primitive, but still ahead, you know, for these wow. guys. That's how we did it, because back then, you know, that was probably the quickest way to do it. And they didn't know who else, and Virginia was going to be able to do that for them, like download it off the internet, figure out how to convert this to a DVD format or whatever, you know? I guess <laughs> now now when you think about how music is put out and how,
0: how people push their records, it's yeah. almost like... Your team has to consist of a digital dude. Of course.
2: And I was their digital dude at Star Trek.
0: Right. So you're like content creator
1: or, yeah. or digital producer. No real official
2: title. I was right. just part of the family at that point. And it's
1: just organically. Like, yeah. And now it's something that's family mandatory. Needs a,
2: family needs a mixtape cover. Got it. Oh, Pharrell and family coming over to do a music video in Virginia. I'm shooting behind the scenes. Got it. And then I started seeing some good checks from those because back then they paid me $6,000 to do a behind the scenes. That was a lot of money to be a kid. To wow. the behind the scenes. Because so now I'm finally they're finally like, right. oh, hit them with the invoices. not a big deal. Just send it to Interscope. Cool. I'm starting <laughs> to see checks, you know. And I'm they, still at they, home. Because they all get
0: deals. Yeah, exactly. They kept you around. Yeah, exactly. Right.
2: So I'm starting to see some good deals. My parents are starting to see some checks. They still don't get it. <laughs> and I think the biggest check that they finally saw was like, okay, son, I really support you. I remember this one week, Pharrell and Shay. I guess the whole ND already owed Pepsi a website. Mm-hmm for this whole uh, marketing thing they did. A part of the deal was, I guess, on their end to deliver this website for them. So it's like
0: this is early brand partnership. Early brand partnership. So is this is 2000s agencies get involved. Yeah, this
2: is, well, I'm sure agencies are always involved, right. but, like, I guess they somehow forgot that they owed this to the uh, to Pepsi for this big branding deal they had just done because they had just done these Pepsi BBC uh, cans and there was supposed to be a website for it. They already <laughs> put the website address on it. And there was no website. Oh, Shea comes to me panicking. Like, bro, we got one week to put this website out. Can you do this? Because I don't know anybody else that's going to be able to pull this off. Yeah. I was like, all right, I get my team of guys. Now I have actual office space. My parents kind of see is me. This make money. And this is this under elusive? under elusive
0: media. So you're elusive, but you're Star Trek at the same time. Star- yeah, exactly.
2: Like we are like their in-house. Right. Understood. Graphic guys, you know, got especially all the East Coast part of it. You and know?
0: they're your only client at the time? or like No, are
2: you- no. Because of Star Trek, everybody else that was local trying to get on, whether you were like um, – Knots and skills, all these guys were starting to come here. Like, skills would come from Richmond every week to work with us, right? So now we're like overseeing Danger Hands, all these guys that were all local cats that were making. Tell, it. It,
0: tell us about how big that check was for the website. And then I want to ask you.
2: Well, something let me tell you how places. that happened. So it's funny. No contract.
0: Who has no contract?
2: Uh, me with them to do this website. Okay. My guys are in my office 24 hours sleeping. To make this website happen, drinking Red Bull. I have no contract with Pharrell, nobody.
0: But you you have a relationship. We have a relationship, so I'm
2: just working off that relationship. Mm -hmm. Do the website, turn it in, hear nothing back. I'm like, oh. God, my guys are going to be pissed. Like, I'm worried And you're going to have to pay them. i got to pay them something. Right. Might not be much. Something. I didn't even know how much I should be getting paid for this website. You know? Oh, I you didn't was,
1: even discuss a deal. We didn't
2: even discuss a deal, nothing.
1: Right. You're just going to send them an invoice afterwards?
2: E- maybe, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. You know, okay. I'm like, oh, man, in good faith, this will be good for the portfolio. This is BBC and ice cream collaborating up <laughs> uh, with Pepsi. And it's going to be it's a big deal. good. Yeah, it's going to be in every yeah. Coke can, You know? I mean a Pepsi can right. when it comes out. But again, you're you're white labeling, so you're not going to get the credit. Yeah, you're, you can't stamp it anywhere. Except well, I did on the website. I put Design by <laughs> elusive Media." First thing you saw on that splash page. This is back when we had a splash pages for you we to the website. Yeah, was designed so by Elusive Media. So interesting, man. So, so I, inter- we do this website, and um, I'm just like, man, my guys are like starting to be upset. They're like, showing me, I don't know if I can keep working for you, bro. Like, did you promise yeah. them a set sum of money? No, I didn't really promise them anything. They wanted to do it for like just to do it anyway because it was a cool project. Then suddenly out of nowhere, one of our partners was just like, "Bro, the website's up. You think we should invoice them?" So then we invoice Pharrell's management. They're like, yeah, yeah, just um, you think thirty thousand is cool? I'm like, sure. <laughs> who, who says thirty thousand? Pharrell's management. Wow. It's like, is thirty thousand okay? Never seen a check like that in my life for five days. What, what year is this? This is 2006. I'm just out of high sc- uh, college. Wow, and I just got my company, small office. Just when you've got an, you're an LLC now, S Corp. S Corp. There's a difference, I guess. I don't yeah, know. My dad tells me all the time. Yeah, I got I got I got three partners. One of them, Philip Lee, my best friend, right? And another guy, he was who's like now Philip is the nine to five guy now. Yeah, yeah, he's a right. nine to five guy. We still hang out all the time when I'm back in Virginia, like best friend, like brothers, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: um. That's him. You're one third of Elusive Media. Yeah, I'm one third of Elusive he's Media. He's one third of Elusive Media. And then we had this
2: guy Curtis, who was more of the street savvy guy, but he was kind of like the guy that used to be at the clubs, all that stuff. So, he's so he was, like, like helping you get the yeah, networking. Yeah, yeah. And he was the hustler. He was just like, all right. And so I kind of let him start doing more of the invoicing and negotiating prices. Let him do. Let him be the bad guy. Okay. Right. So he was the bad guy. I was a Friendly guy that's creative. (laughs) The creative guy, yeah. Yeah, So, me and Philip were the creative guys. Philip was even more the tech guy. Like, he could translate what I want, my ideas, and make it happen on the web. So, anyways, we get our $30,000 check. I'm like, Dad, the wire just came in. Look at this. He's like, no way. <laughs> he was proud. He was yeah. like, this is something. Who's Pharrell? I was like, I'm telling you, Dad, Pharrell's like the real deal. Yeah. Like you see this? this so check the no check joke? comes from Star Trek. Oh, the wire yeah, comes, the wire from, Star comes Trek? from Star Trek, thirty thousand. Wow. I'm so previously happy. you get a wire from Drake. And my dad's like, yo, you should save this, invest it into a house someday. First thing I do is I buy a uh, Infinity. Trying to be like pushing, I'm trying to be like these guys. Does does the rest of your crew get a little check too? Yeah, yeah, we all split it, you know. We all split it, everybody's happy. We're all dumb. I get like probably 10k or whatever, or maybe 8k. I put that 8k straight into a down payment on a brand new infinity. My dad's like, What are you doing? (laughs) It's just like you just started your business. I'm like, Dad, if I'm gonna be like with these guys, these rappers, look at their cars. Like, I gotta have Shay's got a six series, you know. Like, all these guys, not knowing how much money these guys are making versus what I'm making. First thing I do, I'm trying to be cool, you know? Get this infinity, right? And then, boom, after I do that Star Trek website, uh, some airport comes to us. And they're like, this, sub- sub-sites, this website's cool. How much would you charge us? It's like, then I charge them, like, 50K instead? The so money's coming in. Business is great. I've never seen money like this. So then I'm an idiot. And you're, like, 23, 24 years old. 23, like 23, you wow. know? So then I'm I'm getting another contract from this airport that wants a website just like the Star Trek one. So now corporate clients are coming in. So my dad's really happy about that. It's not just like. But who's not,
0: dealing with them? Like who's like my that?
2: my our third partner Curtis? He was kind of like dealing with the local businesses, kind of like being the you know just spreading the word, like yo we could do this for you, whatever negotiating these contracts. So now we're doing a real estate website, another thirty k. Right. So it's, money's it's spread coming out. In fast. It's spread
0: way outside of hip hop. really. Yeah, fast. it's
2: outside of hip hop. But I'm connecting hip hop to at the same time. Like some of these hip hop guys are starting to do their own stores and boutiques. Dope dealers trying to like Clean start record money. labels. <laughs> yeah. And probably I don't even I'm not I don't want to know what they're doing with it. But they, they want to do their videos. Now dope dealers are putting 10 grand in my hand to do a music video all of a sudden. Like, Because everybody wants to be like Star Trek. That's what happened. Everybody wants to sign to them or be like that. And
1: you were were the guy.
2: I was the guy. So I was just in between. And then at the same time, Drake's coming to me for consulting. Drake's (laughs) like, yo, I got...
0: Does Drake cut you a consulting check? Never, never. (laughs) You still owe me, Drake. (laughs) (laughs) On on that note, we're going to take a quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Butter Chicken Podcast. This is your boy DJ Sharad and DJ
1: Juicy baby and we're
0: here with our guy Show Me Patwari straight from the VA representing New Jersey currently our guy got a lot of stories to tell got <laughs> a lot a lot of inspiration from this guy we'll be back in a few minutes ladies and gentlemen it's at Butter Chicken Podcast on your SoundCloud and everywhere where you could find podcasting we'll see you in a few minutes.
1: Hey guys, this is Mega from Holy Sheik by Mega, and I am listening to the Butter Chicken Podcast with DJ Sherrod and DJ Juicy.
3: Yo, what's good, everybody? This is Jazz Darby. We listen to Butter Chicken Podcast with DJ Sherrod and DJ Juicy.
1: Hey, this is Himes. Shout out DJ Sherrod, shout out DJ Juicy. This is the Butter Chicken Podcast. Yo, this is Rackstar. You can catch me on the Butter Chicken Podcast with DJ Sherrod and DJ Juicy, and it gets. Super spicy.
2: What up? It's your boy, Siraj. Sneaker room all day. I'm here on the Butter Chicken Podcast. This is one of the craziest podcasts I've ever done. Listen to me, if you don't know what Butter Chicken is, you better Google that shit. If you don't know who my man DJ Shirad is, you better Google that dude. If you don't know who my man DJ Juicy is, a.k.a. the Punjabi Fat Man Scoop, you better Google him. We here, man. Butter Chicken Podcast all day. Yo, can I get some Butter Chicken? Butter Chicken? Butter Chicken?
0: Yes, yes, yes! Party people, New York City and worldwide. This is your boy DJ Sharad and
1: DJ Juicy,
0: and we're back here at the Butter Chicken Podcast with our guy, Show me what's up, Show me.
1: Chilling, chilling. You feel good? How you like Eating the strawberries,
0: strawberries bro? I love them, huh? Love them. How <laughs> many loves. studios you been? This wasn't even in you. You didn't even send time. me a rider.
2: I know, dude. I appreciate this. Riding. I got nice cha. <laughs> I got, um Wait, you said cha. That's the Bengali way we of saying it.
0: Wow, we had a con- who did I have a conversation with the other day? It wasn't me. Karan. Okay. Punjabis say cha. Yeah,
2: and Bengali say cha. Yeah.
0: Right now, you're not drinking cha, though.
2: Oh, never mind.
0: You're <laughs> drinking Roots Chai. Ah.
2: Yes. Then it's Roots cha.
1: <laughs> <laughs> roots cha. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone
0: says it different, and there's even a shirt that says it's cha, not chai. I don't know if you know that. I haven't seen that. Yeah. What yeah. do Sindhis call it? Chai. Chai? Yeah, C-H-A-I. And then, like, everyone makes... Like there's Punjabis who are like, oh, you 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 you're super white if you say chai, but if you go to Mumbai, it's chai. If yeah. you go to Jalandhar, it's cha. And now when you go to Dhaka, it's cha.
1: Yeah, same thing. I'm a, like, I, my wife's Bengali from Calcutta. Right. Um. So anytime I'd, I'd go to her relatives' house when I first visited, they'd be like, cha kabi. Yeah. And I'm Just like. Ch- you mean Cha 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 Yeah, wait a minute. We said cha too, and so it was just like I was yeah, kind of caught off guard. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, we like there's a lot of similarities. Like depending on where you go in in, in the Southeast Asian right. region.
0: But enough about cha. Yeah. Enough about cha. <laughs> we we're here to talk music. We here to talk creativity.
1: Yeah. So show me. We're we're hearing a little bit about your come up story. Yeah. Um, tell us now what leads you into working with. ASAP Mob, Beyonce, Diplo, Weekend, and Belly, um, Offset Metro Boomin, and Shahrukh Khan, Diljit, San, just to name a few.
2: Yeah, um, I think that had to do with, like I said, having that background or portfolio. So when I made that decision to move to New York after like, Star Trek was kind of uh, dismantling, I was like, oh, what am I going to do next? What year is this? What this year are we in? This is 2011, 2012 okay. ish
0: um so prior to that you're doing a lot of websites and a lot of digital websites
2: videos everything right okay um i wasn't taking like me being i didn't look at myself as a director it's kind of funny like i kind of went backwards some people like expand i kind of wanted to hone in Mm. on the video thing so it's just because it got oversaturated the web thing and then with social media kind of you know made it like less money in that too so i just started focusing on video strictly so what i did is when i moved to new york I connected with the whole ASAP mob through my brother who produces for them. He's the one who made that introduction.
0: What did your go- brother go by in music? Uh,
2: he goes by Very Rare. It's a trio, though. So he's Tash P. There's uh, Very Rare Wash. And then there's uh, why well, He goes by J. So there's Tash P, J. Wash, and Basham. So those three are Very Rare. All childhood friends from Virginia Beach, I guess. Yes. Nice. And they're Beans. all in New York at this point. No, actually, my brother's still in Virginia. Okay. And the other two in Cali. One's in San Diego, the other one's in Pasadena.
1: And they're just sending music to Yeah, ISA. you know how
2: it is nowadays. You don't yeah. have to be next to each other. It's just like send them the stems or project file on Footy Loops and get it done. And so. then it's
1: just so your brother basically connected the dots to kind yeah. lead you into so, that. So
2: he, uh, I think it was easy for him to sell me, I guess, because like the star, uh, the, the, um, ASAP Mob loved what I did with Star Trek, and they just love Star Trek so much that they were influenced by that with the whole babe culture and everything. So they opened like they they treated me like I was an OG, wow. which is kind of unique, you know, because I didn't see I knew these guys were gonna be be big, I didn't realize how big they were gonna be, you know. Right. So it was funny like to kind of be in the stomping grounds in the original like videos, like Ace Efforts, work video we sponsored mm-hmm. through Karma Loop, like spent like $45 making that video. Wow. You know, <laughs> little did we know, like it was going to get him a million dollar record deal with RCA months later. But, um, so that's how that happened, you know, same thing, like with Diplo, I think Karma Loop kind of <laughs> allowed me to go back to the original situation where money wasn't a thing. It was bringing the, p- I had to kind of redo my portfolio. I had to uh, restart myself. I just want
0: to pause career. you for a second. Cause yeah. you, so you have elusive media, mm-hmm. you come to New York and you start. Working for Karma Loop. Karma Loop. Karma do you TV. work? Do you work for Karma Loop as Show Me or do you work as an so I started outside working as agency? Show Me. I
2: was working as Show Me. So That's when like, the Show Me Patwari thing was trying to happen more.
0: But now like, elusive media gets put to the side a little yeah, bit. Right? So you get, job, you get a job, you get a nine to 5 nine to
2: five, but it wasn't treated like a nine to five. I looked at it as a great opportunity because, like, okay, I got all the benefits, all the hells. My parents are super happy. Like, oh, you got a nine-to-five that pays you, like, a six-figure salary, and, and you get to do what you want. But what cool. happens to your
0: team at, like, the other guys? So, the other guys, this is right
2: around that same time where, well, my, our third partner, Curtis, we split ways a long time ago, like, years before that. Right. But okay. my other partner was already, like, hey, I want to do a nine-to-five thing. I'm kind of tired of, like, the hustle and bustle every day. Of like so, Elusive was, like, just you so at Elusive that point. Elusive was just me now, you know? Okay. Um, it was always an art collective because I have other guys that are part of Elusive. Always kind of like a creative collective, right? And so now I'm in New York working at Show Me Pat Worry for Karma Loop TV doing marketing, doing video releases, all this stuff that I'm just like...
0: Was that on the office on 20-something Street? 23rd Street, yeah. I've I was up, I been up there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Chachi used to be in there. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know you, Chachi? You know Chachi? Ooh. Of course. Wow. Yeah, Chachi's yeah, right. studio was in that office. Yeah, We've been was. There. Yeah. With G
2: Brown and all of them, right? I
0: don't remember who he was yeah, with at was the time, but I, I used to go up to his office just to say yeah. what up. Yeah, Chachi and, was and there. And he was walking me through Karma Loop like, yo,
2: this is the next yeah. big shit. Right, right. So, I mean... Yeah. The TV side allowed me to like build these connections where the artists needed me as much as I needed them, right? So it's like with Diplo again, spent like a few hundred dollars to do that express yourself video, which um, later there's a lot of ass in that video. Which 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 uh, I couldn't show my wife at first. Now she's used to seeing what I do. Right. At first, I'd hide that. I, I couldn't even put that in the portfolio. Right. Now when that like video whatever. came out, I was had to I had to block her on Facebook <laughs> oh and God. promote it and all her family because they can't know what I'm wow. doing. For, for, <laughs> but I knew Diplo was so huge. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. Was Diplo big? What what year was that?
2: Well, it's the thing is, me and Diplo go back right. from the DJ Benzi era, and then I had man- I managed a group. I managed a group called uh, Mansions on the Moon that Pharrell Executive produced, and I was using every connect to put this group out, Mansions on the Moon. I said, yo, Wes, like, you know, remember when we did this stuff with Benji? Maybe you could hook it up. So, like, Wes only charged me, like, $1,000 to mix the whole thing and host it or whatever. So uh, this group, Mansions on the Moon, that Pharrell's Executive producing, co-signing. Again, I'm using all these co-signs we had. Reaching out to Nah Right, which is a weird place for a group like this that was like actually more of like indie pop Mm -hmm. music, and I'm getting their music on Two Dope Boys, which is strange, but it was kind of cool because then they got to do a lot of other stuff off of that. So, like, here I am just using all the connections, it's all coming back. Uh, but another friend of mine who actually really brought me on karma loop Lil Internet, he was actually super tight with uh, Diplo as well, so he was the one who actually invited me and then. I told Wes, like, yo, I was the one that was working with you with all this stuff. So we had finally, like, met face-to-face, and he loved how I was doing stuff. So, like, you know, um, Beyonce saw that, like, I think in the studio or whatever when they were recording an album. I can't go too deep into it because the paperwork they made me sign. Uh, So I have to respect that. Okay. But um, I do know that Wes co-signed that situation, and that's why we got – that video you know like wow. it was me and you, the you got and, it because of the diplo video the diplo video and it was funny wh- and we did that video while we were at karma loop still like working at karma loop.
0: wait pause for a second so a <laughs> lot of people that might be just tuning in or might not be too familiar with your track record you used every connection to get to new york yep. get to karma loop give up your own company to start working exactly. for another company yep. so at that point it's like all right well Drop your pride a little bit and just yeah. take a job. Exactly. And be told what to do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But in that time, you're still not losing your passion nah. to, it was to, a perfect, to still hustle.
2: It was a dream scenario because the only hustle at that point wasn't the money anymore. It was just like, dude, I was just like, all I had to worry was being creative and keep these connections. And yeah, who's going to say no yeah. to a free video? Yeah, Like Karma Loop was putting the money out for it you know they were the distribution they had you know i when i went to karma loop i bought us i, I told the boss to get, get us a red camera and all this stuff <laughs> so like we're at karma loop. we got all it's like a kid in a candy store we got all this equipment rocky needs a video i got you rocky <laughs> just like get us the behind the scenes and even you know, whatever so rocky but, but was, that's
0: independent work
2: outside of no Oh, we that's were putting it out through karma loop Oh, yeah. 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 So, like, Rocky did this first uh, merch deal with Karma Loop with all those relationships, you know, through me and then Frank the Butcher, everybody that knew each other mutually. So we were doing a lot, man. I think Karma Loop was underappreciated. I think the problem was they were too nice to a lot of people and hired a lot of people that wasn't doing anything, mm-hmm. which kind of, like, sunk the company a bit. But the TV side was prospering. The TV side I was running was prospering it was the merchandising side that got messy and it kind of sucked because sometimes because it was getting messy on that end it would be like if i try to reach out to artists sometimes like i don't want to know if i want to be affiliated with that anymore but you know a lot of people came up off of that You're asap ant all these guys so we did a major laser video because because of that you know like they were getting discounted rates even you know like beyonce got a discounted i, mean, I don't know if i'm allowed to say that but they <laughs> got a say disc- whatever you want bro this uh, is uh, podcast well, i know Jesus. but my contract <laughs> i won't name the number but you know okay. like the beyonce thing they got a discounted rate through us because right. our salary was covered and we just wanted the name if you look at that yeah, yeah if we look at the linear notes on that album you see karma loop credited as a production company you know on the linear notes, which is funny, you know, to put a name like that on her thing. But Carmoop's not going to say no to have, like, her name next to Beyonce. So it didn't matter. You know, um uh, footing the bill for the most part. So, like, a lot of the collaborations were happening. And it, I think it worked because I was still very business-minded, so I was, like, negotiating deals. I'm like, hey, like, with Prodigy, I was like, yo, we'll do your music video. Crooks and Castles will fund this one. You're going to have to just wear Crooks and Castles. Boom, done.
0: So you... It seems like you were being very creative, yeah, but never losing focus of how to structure exactly the business deals. But at this point, you didn't have to do it with your money; you were doing exactly. it with your creativity.
2: And I think it put me on steroids, you know, for this game, because I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting to do what I've always done, and now I'm just like, you have to be mindful of money. This is like insane, yeah. yeah. This is insane. Who gets to do that? You don't know, got all five. Six people on salary That's your production crew Right We just go out there I want to do a video With Prodigy Boom He's down with it Cool let's do it Theophilus London wants to do a video Cool Pusha you want to do a video Cool got it So I was just reaching out To every connect Cause you had them all on Had phone. them all at this point and it was only growing more because everybody was stopping by that Carmel studio, you know? And people. So people that na- actually enabled me to even be more connected. Because and people
0: naturally fucked
2: with you because you just your, the old. And up, yeah, exactly. And even then, it's funny, look back, the track record wasn't even all that. Now looking back at it, and it's only grown more. But it's funny, I didn't realize so many people were such Star Trek followers because the whole situation with like the belly and the weekend thing. Mm.
3: Uh, well,
0: that's the, 2016.
2: 2014. Yeah, 16. 2015, Yeah, you know, that's much later. But like those guys all respected what I did back then. And I guess I didn't realize Lamar, who's um, uh, the creative director for EXO, was like, "Show me." I've known about what you did back then. Like, so it was like that respect they had, kind of like, really solidified a lot of projects. Just the trust was there, you right. know, for me to take it on. But you know, once the Karmaloop thing kind of dissolved, uh, my boy Joseph Patel. I don't know if you guys know him. Julie. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, so Joseph. I don't know him, but but know. so joseph joseph's been trying to poach me when i was even at karma loop he's like yo, we need you at fader or wherever i'm at next you know i I think he wasn't even at the fader yet i think he was at somewhere else and he was just trying to bring me in because i knew joseph uh through when he did a show called um, my block on mtv Mm -hmm. he was the executive producer on that so he was doing all those my block shows and so when he was doing my block i connected him with a lot of people in virginia when he came down so he always remembered that and so just like, you know, just a whole brown mafia thing, I guess. <laughs> like is
0: is there a brown mafia?
2: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is there? <laughs> the brown mafia. Uh, we uh, called uh, it the brown yeah, mafia. Yeah, text y- chains. And <laughs>
0: you, in you s- g- get us on that group text, yeah, man. I know,
2: right? <laughs> 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 we're the Butter Chicken Boys. But we're really it's, unofficial, <laughs> <laughs> unofficial. it's unofficial. It's unofficial. It's unofficial it, still. It's, but it's,
0: but it's funny that you say that, that, uh, you know, s- another brown guy brought you into. The Fader. Uh, the Fader. Yeah. And it's like talking about what we all do collectively yeah. and kind of everyone helping uh, one another yeah. sort of rise up. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. We've seen it in hip-hop. And yep. I, I always say to a lot of people, when people ask me like, yo, well, how does your company work and what do you guys doing? I'm like, well, we just looked at Bad Boy and we just looked at Rockefeller. Right. And we're like, well, it's simple. Just try yeah. to keep everything in-house. And exactly. And put the people that are loyal to you on. Like, if you're going to cut a check, then cut it to someone that, is in-house exactly. and and sometimes when there's no check to cut the people that are in-house will will catch your back and, yeah, exactly. and, and help you get the job done yeah, exactly, man. and and that's that's again that it goes back to power of the cosine exactly you know if you and
2: then the thing is the power of the cosine is even more important on this because even the karma loop thing what I was asking for salary wise at first they're like they don't know but Pharrell put that text in to the CEO well wow. and boom I got the salary I wanted I got the bonuses I wanted same thing when I went to fader Joseph wanted me in, but Rob Stone, the owner, texted Pharrell like, "What do you think about Show Me?" And he was like, "Show Me's great." So, so it's so interesting to this day that guy is like responsible. And it's funny because <laughs> I say Pharrell, Pharrell, Pharrell a lot. I've worked with him, but it's not like we're always face to face. You know, I've only been with Pharrell maybe like 10, 20, maybe fifteen times face to face. But we've done so much. Because you're a behind-the-scenes Because I'm behind-the-scenes. I mean, he's in L.A., he's in Miami, he's all over the place. We're on a lot of emails, we're on a lot of phone calls, but we've done a lot of work together, you know, without even realizing it, you know? Just because the artists now, like with Pusha, it was face-to-face all the time because, like, they were always in Virginia, you know? Right. Uh, Family, all those guys, they were all face-to-face all the time, and they would just always kind of, they'd always do me that favor by... Always telling for all, like yo, show me, he's looked out again, you know, show me, he's been really looking out. So they would always tell for all that, you know? Interesting. And it was funny, like then I would film behind the scenes with for all, that's when we, you know, really I catch d- up.
1: I just want to point one thing out. So the, the cosine is something that's super important. We've we spoken cosine. about co-sign <laughs> plenty of times during yo. this episode, but I what I, what I do want to highlight cosine is everything, it's also the hard work. Oh, yeah, you're not going to get a cosign without the hard work. Exactly. It's Absolutely. your character. I just want to be clear. you that got a listeners. character flaw. <laughs> yeah. and they see that, they're right. not going to cosign you because it's like their it's, name too. It's it's earned, not given. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. With, Don't
2: expect a cosign. Yes. Which just because you're like, oh, I, I deserve to be on. Right. What have you done for them? Right.
0: right. Right, which which leads me to something that I read about. I, I read somewhere that like a big reason why a lot of people fuck with you and continue to fuck with you is because your style is very guerrilla. Right. You go in right you get the job done right you shoot yeah you edit yourself you got a squad that's ready to exactly work 24 in house. 7 I've got, and, I've got guys like literally and like you turn like projects around from what i've been told
2: insane at times because ex- the music ex- business ex- moves fast and explain
0: that especially music business and now the content business yeah, right like yeah, business you get content. called to do a music video today for a, a, a multi-platinum artist right and they say this is the budget you accept the job and they yeah. say we need this first draft in 48 hours what, what's your response things like
2: that have happened i mean what's your response I'll at that tell point you guys are crazy but we'll do it because i like you you know <laughs> it's like because you're family you know uh, so it's uh it's like um have you ever the-
0: turned down jobs based on based on Having to overproduce or produce too fast or not having enough budget? No, nah,
2: I think if I turn a job down, it's because, well, yeah, the budget. The budget's got to be right at this point, <laughs> right. right? The budget's got to be right. I mean, there's That's always- That's earned as well. Yeah, yeah, But there's a, definitely a friends and family discount, you know? <laughs> like, you know, I'm not going to charge Pusha T what I charge everybody else. Right, you know? right, right. I'm not gonna charge Rocky or Ferg what I charge everybody else, but they bring in healthy budgets too to a point where it's not even a thing because they just feel like, oh, you put in so much work, they kind of will be like, no, nah, no, nah, charge them more, you know, like because it's you? coming
0: from another yeah, place. Yeah,
2: exactly. So, so um, you know, uh, the 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 uh, cosigns come because of the work you put in already.
0: Right. So you've you've built a reputation for yourself yeah. that just leads now yeah. to people be like. Here's this guy. Yeah, like Diplo Holler will
2: directly text it. And it. you know what? It annoys the labels and managers a lot, though, because that becomes an issue. The artists know me so well. It becomes an issue because they'll bypass the label. Like I'm dealing with it right now. This artist, Ava. I've known this girl since she was 14 in Virginia Beach. She just got signed to um, Atlantic Records. And we're family. And she's, like, editing it with me and, like, kind of bypassing the label. and It's annoying the label. But that happens a lot because it's thing. Like, right. oh, I don't trust anybody else but you, so we got to work together. Sometimes I wish it wasn't like that because then it's just like, damn, are you putting me in a hard place too because I want to keep that corporate relationship going. But it's advantageous to them. Sometimes it's advantageous to me, you know.
0: Right. But overall, you've gotten the stellar reputation with labels, with – artists and with everyone in between i think part of that has to do with
2: sacrifice because i'll take an l if i have to before somebody else does like i did a future video once and we were all happy when we shot it what record was i thought it it was a drought okay it was crazy man because like that video i thought was amazing it was me and ferg we did it together we shot it at spike lee's crib uh and that happened because uh, spike lee's son is a huge fan of you so well, me, but Future. Okay. But, you know, I said, hey, uh, you know, in the song, Future mentions Spike Lee. It'd be kind of funny if we did it at your house. So, like, <laughs> so we we're, we're acting it, Spike it, Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, I'll make you executive producer. So, we're pulling all these favors. Uh, I mean, in the video shoot, we had Prodigy, Jada Kiss, ASAP. Uh, everybody show up. It's a crazy weird video. But I guess the management didn't feel comfortable just because they're like, ah, this might not be his branding, but I'm like, this is my branding too, you know? But like I said, like I took that L, cause like most of the time you don't make the money till the back end comes in. Cause when you say you took g- the L meaning? Meaning I didn't make my money off of it, Got you know? It. I have only, I, I was supposed to make about 10,000 off that video, you know? Didn't come out, what am I gonna do, you know? Right. Uh, uh, if anything, I actually told Future. I was like, next time I saw him, I was like, You're not mad at me or anything. He's like, No, bro. Like, why would I be? But see what happens? This <laughs> is it's like, I took the L, I took the sacrifice. Because sometimes, man, the relationship's more important than money. And it's the same situation when I was partners with Ferg for Trap Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually helped him launch that um, the first time, you know, we did work. We had this plan and everything. So we were partners in Trap Lord. But then at the time, the person he was in a relationship with was also in the business. And we weren't seeing eye to eye. My wife wasn't seeing eye to eye with them. And so, like, I said, you know what? I don't want this to, like, and this is six years ago now. Mm-hmm. I made that decision where I said, you know what? I don't want to let this uh, thing ruin our friendship over some money stuff that could potentially happen. So, I, again, I was like, take take the L, you know? i collect the money we did make. Cool. But, you know what? I might value our relationship more. And thank God I did that because... With Ferg, I did some of my dopest videos to this day, and he br- still brings me videos. Like, we just did the Uncle Drew soundtrack, you know? Wow. Like, you know, we just did the, um, uh, you know, like, even the Ferg and Future video yeah. for New Level, you know? It's got, like, 80 million views almost. So it's just, like, the relationships are important, you know? I, I, I take pride in it. I think some of that also has to do with my upbringing and parents. I don't know. I think some of that also has to do with, like, being brown, you get this other perspective, Perspective. Ex- explain that a little the hospitality. bit. Hospitality. Yeah.
0: Like the strawberries in the studio.
2: Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, that's you one thing I do. You ain't
0: getting that in big studios. Exactly.
2: <laughs> and you know what's funny? Because my wife is the executive producer on all these projects, and she prides herself in making sure that the client is happy and the hospitality is there. So, like. Who's Poonam? That's my wife. So she executive produces everything now, you know? Wow. She's behind the numbers, like, negotiating the prices, putting the budgets together. She's the one making sure, oh, make sure Ferg's trailer has all the uh, Fiji water and all that. Make sure she's not cutting any, you know, she wants to make sure. Uh, How did that happen? Was she always in the game? No, never. Like, we didn't expect that. Like, when I was working 9 to 5, she was just staying home, going to school, you know, because. What was she she, studying? uh, I think it was finance or something like that. Um, Just because my dad was an accountant. Maybe she thought, like, that would be a good way to, like you know, get into the family business. But I think, I don't think her heart was in it. And she'd always tell, when I was at Karma Loop or was at Fader, she was always like, you could be making so much more money if you did it this way. And I don't think you understand your value. Right. So also like I, at one point, health is important too. I was working myself so hard that I started getting vertigo attacks and all that stuff. And my wife's like, I'm not gonna let you do that. You need to quit, like take time off. And that's important. Like having somebody like that, that's your partner, your life partner, but also your business partner that looks out for you is the biggest secret to success as well. She's my biggest secret to success. Forget how good the videos look. She's the one that tells me like, you know, for this artist, like, let's make sure like, yeah, you do get these expensive lenses because you know, sure but I'll negotiate it with this guy and take some money off. She's good at that, man. It's that brown thing, you know, I don't know about <laughs> money and stuff. She she knows how to save me money where it counts, right? right. I don't even want to worry about it. I just worry about the creative. That's awesome. Right. You know, so speaking of which her, like so, yeah. so
1: you, we see that there's like a lot of red tape with putting these videos together and, mm-hmm. and budgets and artist management and yeah. brands and et cetera. But what is your creative process like behind the video as like the director and the visionary?
2: Um it depends on the artist. Like when it comes to like ASAP Rocky or Ferg, they're very hands-on creatively as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll just start texting me a barrage of photos. I'm like, Yo, how am I supposed to? What the hell is this? They're <laughs> like, Make me a treatment off of this. <laughs> so I'll look at all these photos and see how can I turn this into a story, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes I'll start with a blank slate. I think that's the key understanding the, these different cultures. Like when I work with Diljit Dosanjh, mm-hmm. right? This guy's like to me, he's about to be like the Drake of India. I feel like, Hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on, yeah.
0: Yo, so mm. we were talking hip hop, <laughs> uh, and all the the work that you've put in into yeah. helping so many artists uh, bring their videos to life, mm-hmm. and now you mentioned Diljit, and I think yeah, for us even even seeing that like uh, one thing I've I've seen from many South Asians that are uh, in professions uh, um, in 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 specifically in music is that if they do hip hop or rock or mm-hmm. pop, then that's what they're in, yeah, and then they don't ever bring it back right to home base yeah, yeah. Uh, and something i've noticed over the last yeah. like i'd say two years or right, so right. is I, I seen you do a shahrukh khan diplo video mm-hmm. i seen you do this latest Diljit record mm-hmm. like how did that come about and
2: the shahrukh thing was some divine thing because <laughs> i swear all my life we're my gonna we're was gonna
0: like... tackle both of those because earlier in the episode yeah. you mentioned how like bengali woman Watch Hindi movies and yeah. Shah Rukh is like God,
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, my wife had posters of Shah Rukh Khan and all that. Like, so I respect k- Shah Rukh, but my wife, look, we were already at a point where we were so tired of like doing videos that month, we were like, oh, This is too much. And my boy hits me up who had just done the lean on video for Major Laser hit like in two India, two million, which is yeah, crazy. Yeah, in Mikhail, and he's like, Yo, I got this opportunity with Shah Rukh Khan, you down? I'm like, If I Say no. Somehow my <laughs> wife will find out. For those and who
0: who don't know who Rukh Khan is, I mean, who would you compare him to from like the American world,
2: bro? How do you compare him? Like, he's like—is he incomparable? Or like, I think he's incomparable. But if I had to say, it's like Tom Cruise meets Brad Pitt meets Will Smith. <laughs> that's <laughs> Shahrukh Khan, I swear, I all in one, Tom bro. He's what? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's all in he's one. A yeah, he's a G. He's a G, and okay. he's cool. Yeah. So, so you're a so cool, guy
0: who, who's the guy that hits you up.
2: So my boy Mikel, uh, who had done uh, Mikhail. Mikhail, right. I don't know what I'm it's like a. It's actually a Russian name. He's Indian, but you know, right. from Mumbai. So Mikhail, Mikhail, <laughs> I, was, I actually I always call him Mikhail. Let's go, Mikhail. So Mikhail, he's um, he uh, he's from Mumbai, and he was actually putting a lot of. He was the one I think brought Diplo to India first. So he was the one who introduced Diplo to Rukh Khan. Wow. And at the time, I think uh, he had a movie that was in the works. And Mikhail, even though he's a video guy, he's like. A business guy too and consulting and all that and he put this deal together to go do a song you know and so that's how that record came about a year ago and then out of nowhere he's like dude all of a sudden they want this video like they want it now like in a week i'm like oh my god not only am i already like tired right. of working yeah. and burnt out <laughs> but you're hitting me with the sharu khan video that needs to be done within a week <laughs> and then i'm like mikhail how many hours is sharu khan gonna give us He's like dude he might give us 30 minutes like, come on. And like it's shot
0: where? L.A. Oh, and okay. where are you at the time?
2: I'm in New York. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. I have to fly out there, plan all this stuff out. My wife's like, Shah Rukh Khan, I don't care if you make zero dollars. I don't care if we got to pay for this. <laughs> it's like, do you understand this will change our life forever? Do you understand my parents will finally understand what you do? <laughs> wow. Co-sign. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, look, I'll do it. And, yes, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Shah Rukh Khan, not like you. But it's funny because years ago – she was always like, oh, I wish we could do, like, something for Shah Rukh Khan. I'm like, how is that going to be possible? He's going to look at my ASAP Mob videos <laughs> and be like, yeah, I want to work with him? So that was so weird how that came together. Like, Was how that you your first, like, Indian, Indian video? Um, like, that... You know, I've done videos with Indian influences, and I've worked with, like, Indian artists in the past, but, like, legitimately, yeah. I, I think uh, the Indian first music legit, video? yeah, Indian music video. Wow. Like, how do you do your first Indian music video, and it's the biggest dude in India? Yeah, like, no, what in the world? Like, no so, that was, like, <laughs> bro, like, God's plan, right? <laughs> it's like, where do you Where do you attribute,
0: like, God in this whole situation? Everything, over,
2: like, man. Everything. I'm very spiritual. You know, having a Muslim background, uh, gr- growing up Muslim, you know, like, but... Coming from uh, a Bengali country, mm-hmm. it's very unique because we're very spiritual people. Especially my family is super, like, liberal, too, at the same time. Like, a lot of my, uh, who I consider aunts and uncles, because, you know, everybody's an uncle, are, like, Hindu. Some of them are Catholic. So, it's, like, I've been blessed to just have a, have a, like, a upbringing that wasn't, like, my parents are super religious, but, like, they're also not like beating all that into my head too at the same time. Like, like, you know, I mean, they'll tell me like, are you praying five times a day? I'm like, yeah, (laughs) you know, but like, it's interesting that, you know, my parents are still very liberal and, 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 but at the same time, I I feel like you can't explain this, but God, to me, right. and it may sound cliche, but like it doesn't just come together like this. It's too good to be true. Has to be and some specia- divine Something, something yeah. that's divine that's happening. And the thing is, that week the Shah Rukh Khan thing happened. My wife just randomly was like, "I wish we could work with Shah Rukh Khan." Whoa! Literally, she said that that week. What? So how does that happen, dude? You know, of like. You can't just be like, oh, I wish I could just work with Tom Cruise and tomorrow like Tom Cruise. Hey, you want to do Mission Impossible 5? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen, bro. I was, you know, you know. it's like, uh, how do you explain that? Yeah, you, don't, you can't. It's just you can't. It's magical. And it's not like, you know, I'm Bengali, too. So I was like, why is he coming to a Bengali director at that, you know, on right. top of that? But that
0: was your, your man who put you in touch yeah, with him. And yeah, yeah. So, so what's your, your, your friend's role in it?
2: So my friend was, um, he he became a co-director because, you know, like he, he had ideas too. But he was also, like, we uh, were all executive producers on it, you know. I'm very hands-on with a lot of my stuff. Like, not only to direct, but I uh, – my wife's even more hands-on, like, with the money. But, like, I also <laughs> – but I also oversee, like, everything, like, who my crew is and everybody, you know. Uh, I have, like, my in-house crew, like, this kid Bobby Wiggins. Uh, he's always, like, the line producer. And then I have, like, an editor, Omar Jones. I have another art director that's been working with Elusive since 2006 – and i, I want to ask you something
0: about your business model yeah. and how you maneuver um when people go to your instagram page uh-huh. and you post your work yeah it's very different than other directors i've seen and other creatives i've seen right. um because on all your posts or a lot of your posts yeah. where you're promoting a video or a project you've done yeah. there's an entire sheet there's an entire copy that's posted on Almost everybody... there's that, a story. There's everybody that worked on the project.
2: Oh, like, yeah, and that too, right? Um, yeah. Like, I like to a, credit a, everybody, a, man. A lot
0: of people don't do not do that. Nah, what's, I'm not
2: afraid. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want somebody to know who my uh, cinematographer was because they'll steal them from me. I don't want to know... That's, who that's my, my question VFX. to you. Nah, bro. Like, my team puts in so much work, they deserve all that credit, and I want to make sure, like, they're credited, you know? Like, um, if that... If there is a post where I don't do that, it's probably because I'm lazy, but <laughs> or the videos, whatever, maybe. <laughs> but but like but I've seen that on a bunch of your, yeah, posts. most of it. Like I do. There's all these random names that I'll yeah, yeah. look to, and
0: then someone will go there and yeah you have you have and it's funny now if you look at, at my point. new
2: uh, like the push a t video like all like you'll see so many like brown dude names on there like I just finally like found these young group of kids in L A. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kid Asif uh, Asif Khan. Uh, this kid Mogues who's actually a rapper too, but, uh, they're like helping me out. Like they're hungry, they're young, they're helping me with the production and they're like super smart and like, just they get it, you know? And so like, I'm building a team out in LA now and to them, they're like, bro, like we didn't have anybody like this, like that embraced us. Like they were telling me, it was like brown cats over there are like segregated. They're like, nobody wants to help each other out. If you make, if you're somebody that's brown over there, they're like, I'm going to keep in that exclusive. I want all the clout, you know? Like for me, I'm like, I embrace it. I'm like, Oh, let's do this together. Like I want to build community. I'm about community. I'm a very communal person. That's why like, even if you see a co-director credit, I don't care. Even if you didn't direct it, if you feel like you wanted that, uh, you must've done something for us to like be in that position. And so I I let the egos go, man. Like the ego will destroy you. Mm -hmm. And, And when I was young at one point, when I had the ego, I saw what it did for me. You know, like I was stupid. Like I said, I was buying the Infinity. And that same <laughs> month. I bought a Benz in cash, and my dad's head exploded. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? And then that same year, I got so arrogant. I got two studios. You know, oh, wow. and then I couldn't keep up with the payroll and my company. Like, oh man, that's a whole another like phase of my life. Well, but the, the bottom but line. I'm glad it happened that, when I was young. But yeah.
0: but to get to Sharuk and to get to all these, I mean, you've worked with literally the most influential people in entertainment from Beyonce to Shah Khan and everyone in between and everyone come up and, and I don't
2: feel like I'm the best director I think it, it it it's 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 how you act it's how you handle yourself how you handle your business you know because to me I'm learning every day you know right. I look at my videos I'm like oh man I wish I did that differently you know because you're always going to be self-critical about your stuff. It's never Absolutely. good enough. So I always feel that. So I'm always like, man, it's unique. These guys really want to work with me. That's cool. <laughs> you know, like, why does the weekend want to work with me? You know? <laughs> what did
0: uh, what did Shah Rukh Khan say about when, when the video dropped? And
2: He thought it was dope because I think it had a unique perspective. Um, Being that we kind of incorporated what you see in a major laser video with the dancers and everything. But we have to be careful, like, cut out all the twerking and stuff. You got to remember, <laughs> you know, he's got an international market in Dubai right. and all these places. So uh, the director's cut a little different. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. And, and then now, lately, you did um, Diljeet's record. Yeah, and is the coolest dude, Yeah, I was like, it's funny. I didn't know who Diljeet was. He, um, his how manager. That, how did that come His out? manager, Khaliq West. I don't know if you guys know of him. Khaliq West? Yeah. Manny? Yeah, Manny. Psh, the OG. Homie. So he manages... Uh, in the U.S. In the U.S. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Man, so Manny, Manny, Manny and I go And back. I knew Manny way back in yeah, the days yeah, in the MySpace era. He was, he was been ago. heavy with like E-40 and like the yeah, whole hyphy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So Manny. He's a G in this shit. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So again, like Manny reached out. He's like, I knew Manny long time ago. Like, I think when we were all web designers, I remember, I think Manny was involved with the 50 Cent. Website. He was. He was. So that's I where he, I remember Manny from. I think he
0: was involved in something with stuff. vitamin water too. That like too. Vitamin water. So deal. like,
2: dude is. I always looked up to him as a OG. Mm-hmm. So when Manny reached out, I was like, dude, anything for you, man? What do you want? He's like, yo, this is kid Diljit. I'm telling you, like, he's gonna be the biggest like Indian dude. I'm like, I think he already is because I just looked him up. He's got like <laughs> hundred <million. laughs> you ain't gotta tell me twice. So I saw that. I'm like, yo, there's a whole nother market, and this dude is fresh. Like, he got the Balenciaga's on. Yeah. And, everything with the you know he still has a turban and the balenciaga (laughs) i'm (laughs) like i want to do this video because that's gonna be so unique and fresh like that's different yeah so yeah man like so it's funny and then sharuk's dj recently reached out like yo we should do something so it's funny like a lot of um and then there's another kid divine in India. so we were about to do something with him but i didn't work out scheduling wise but i probably will do something with him because his label reached out sony india
0: it's interesting right and now that's all just become now now you could just look up the track record at this point now the track record speaks for itself
2: well you know that's the great thing about the internet yeah it's there it's like i don't have to really sell myself It's just like hey, go to my website s- see what we've done and then you know
1: and vice versa when you're working yeah. with artists right and the same thing i look yeah. them
2: up see what's up you know so like when when they hit me up with divine i looked them up i was like oh this kid's like about to be the indian kendrick <laughs>
0: yeah. question you know? for you do you see a difference in working with western artists versus working with South Asian artists, uh, even working with their management or working with the team? Is you there know, a it's
2: case by case because Shah Rukh's such a superstar. That's like working with Amigos. He's like, I'm going to smoke here <laughs> and you're going to figure out a way uh, how to smoke in this mansion. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing with Offset. You can't tell Offset he can't smoke weed in this room. He's like, I'll pay for it. Wow. So, no, nah, not really, dude. Some of them can. not to say Shah Rukh's a humble dude, but he's a G. You listen right. to him. So it's the same thing. You know, sometimes they're, they're just like the rock stars, uh, you know. They're just like as, you know, um, as do much you of you a superstar. you walk into the situation
0: like with a different sort of head on, or is it the same sort of like? Let me just do what I do.
2: I think I, I, they come to me because they want me to do it my way, right? right. Um, what I'm doing with Elusive Media now, it's like it's only five of us, but I've worked for agencies and seen how many people they have. Who's the, who's the five at Elusive Media? So me, my wife. Charlie Fair, who does a lot of my art direction and web stuff. Uh, Omar Jones, who's my editor. And Bobby, who's like my line producer. Mm-hmm. So those are like the five guys in the East Coast. And then I have a guy on the West Coast, Emrock, uh, This new kid, Asif Khan. Um, Munum, and all these new guys that are like doing stuff in the West Coast. I'm, bu- I'm building what I have here over there. And I'm about to be bi-coastal soon anyways. Like I shoot like 80% in the West Coast actually, which is wow. funny. I think I stay in the East Coast because it's just like... It's home has uh, home to yeah. me. The East Coast in general is home to me. When I go back to Virginia Beach, Eve is about to be the around the corner. Right. Boom! I, it's an easy trip, right? When my parents want to come up here. We go to Jackson Heights, eat together. Like, uh, I can't get that in L.A. You know. Right. I love L.A.
0: There's no Bengali spots in L.A. There is.
2: There's a little Bangladesh there now. Oh, is that and right? I'm discovering this. I'm discovering this through these new kids that are putting me on to like their scene. Ain't no Sagar yeah. Halal Chinese though. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. The halal Chinese game in New York, nobody can beat that. Facts. I, have, I just found out there is a halal Chinese spot in Jersey too, in Patterson. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. There's yeah. A big but it's in there. the it's there. in the Arab uh, side of it. Like oh, this guy, I didn't know there was like a whole strip of like just Arab spots that you can go to. So I only knew the Indian and the Bengali spots. So interesting. Yeah.
1: So w- what's next for elusive? Like, what's on the horizon?
2: So I don't really tell everybody all my plans, but. I will say that, like I said, I'm going also West Coast. We're expanding. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing a few um, marketing consulting deals now, so we're getting more business. We're going to going back to the ridge. We're going back to the business of what Elusive Media was. Elusive Media was just like video for so long. Mm-hmm. We're going back to what it was, a multimedia consulting company. So that's the next move, going back to that again. Cause so now, would it look like like would it be? We're going back as to a like, digital agency if exactly you that's what i want to do again it's digital agency again slowly but surely i think that's the plan because I, I want to go back to like that's why if you saw i don't know if you saw my latest instagram post it's like yo i forgot i designed that album cover for rocky yeah, yeah you know i was like forget yeah, i dabble in graphic design web design i kind of want to go back to like doing rollout plans i actually did that even over the years without like getting paid for it even then Right, just because I didn't care, It was like, "Whatever," you know. It's petty. But now I'm like, man, you, I'm gonna try to get yeah, every dollar I care for yeah. this. Oh, <laughs> you <laughs> got True. it.
3: Yeah.
0: In in the
2: game, and I'm looking for more people to collaborate with. With that, you know, hopefully it's you guys. You yeah, know, we'd, we'd love to we'd be. We'd love part of to of like that. see how we could all help each other out because that's my whole thing. You know, I talk to him, aren't you, all the time. Like, yo, Heems, when are we gonna do something together? You know, you like. you
0: did something with him at the Whitney Museum, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was interesting. Uh, dad now, now that that when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is actually like not you normally see yeah from show me you normally yeah, yeah. see like the big video roll right right here you went a little more cultural yeah, and yeah like yeah. you could tell it wasn't a paper thing yeah no, not definitely not so it was for t- mtv t- india tell us about how that came about and what you did with so that so that's very interesting to me
2: so there was uh mtv desi mm-hmm. um akshay
0: I've, huh akshay bansali oh that was after
2: was that? i think it's after this a okay. uh, girl shruti okay okay she's you know indian Bengali. And she uh, had seen my stuff and reached out. To, I, don't, I don't know how we got connected. I can't. Oh, I know how I got connected. I got connected through another friend on the internet. That's not even uh, Daisy, but he connected me with her. And um, shout out to Shruti because she was like putting me on to like a lot of cool, like Daisy style projects. So, like, I did do a video for a Pakistani artist a long time ago, actually. Now that I think about it, mm-hmm. he was signed to Diplo on Mad Decent. Wow. wow! Yeah, Jahan Lennon. He went by Jahan Lennon. How funny is that? that is. He's up. dope. Like He's Jahan dope. Lennon, what he used to be <laughs> he uh, he used to be part of another group that Diplo signed. That then they were on tour with Nine Inch Nails. These two Pakistani brothers. Um, yeah, dude, it was crazy. But now he I think makes music for video games and stuff. But uh, so MTV Dacey was like kind of like the Karma Loop for a minute there for me. They were funding like you know projects that were you know I did three projects with them. One was with me and Dap co-directed that video for Lakutas, who's on Heem's label. Mm-hmm. And then we did the Jahan Lennon video, and then we did something called surfing in Bangladesh. When I took <laughs> a trip to Bangladesh, I, like, did a whole little small mini documentary. So it interesting, you know? Sick. Are
1: you, like, do you have any plans to work on? Like, I know you direct a lot of music. Videos. I want to do a movie. Yeah, that's, sure. That's my question. I got a story. Uh,
2: yeah. Based off of when I went to Bangladesh, the whole surfing story, mm-hmm. this kid, Jafar Alam, he was, like, uh, one of the first surfers in Bangladesh. It was outlawed to surf in Bangladesh and this kid took girls that were in uh, it's it's controversial to talk about it but these people these women that were in brothels and just like messed up lifestyles he took them out of that and like taught them how to swim and become lifeguards and enter surfing championships I feel like yo this is like an amazing movie in the works I want to make it like Slumdog you know yeah and it's funny like one of my homies he's an American director Derek Bort from Virginia um he just did a movie with Jim Gafkin, but he's like connected with uh, Def Patel, and he's like, "Yo, I want to introduce you to Def Patel." Wow! And you know what's crazier? <laughs> Riz Ahmed hit me up on uh, Twitter and DM me is like, "Big fan." I'm like, "No fuck." <laughs> <laughs> How's this guy hitting me up talking about a big fan of my work? I'm like, "Bro," because he he had a thing called uh, Pet Shop. Uh, yeah, sweatshop That was with Yeah, So like, he hit me up. He's like, "Yo, we got to do something." So like, yeah, man, I got I got ideas and plans. It's just. A matter of time, and I was like talking to my uncle who just retired, and he's like doing poetry now. So it's funny. Like he he was like the who sponsored us to come to this country, and it's all like 360. He's the one who like kind of put us up, and he he was like a big big inspiration too, right next to my dad, because he was like one of the first radiologists and Bengali radiologists, first Bengali radiologist in America. So. Mm-hmm. He's part of this big comedian and everything, and he retired, and now he's like writing poetry and doing poetry slams in Bengali. He was just in Jamaica, uh, Queens, doing some of that. And he's like, Yo, we should do some creative stuff together. I'm like, Yo, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> <'cause> my <laughs> uncle like gets it. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's all coming back full circle. Like, you know, my dream is to uh, work with my family in that, uh, you know, level. Like, my brother is a producer. I want him to score my movies. I just want to keep it in the family. Sick. It seems like you
0: got uh, an amazing story. Um, but I don't think this is the last time we're gonna see you. There's oh, there's sure, so, so sure much man, more on the yeah. horizon for you. Um, before we get out of here, I wanted to touch on two things. Mm-hmm. First thing is uh, your one of your latest hip hop videos, yeah. Twenty One Savage Joint.
2: Oh, the uh, the Metro, Metro Boomin, joint. Boomin Metro record, the yeah. uh, Ric Flair, uh, dude. So Ric Flair, uh, dude, man. Uh, so funny. kudos to that because that's.
0: You. Someone told me that. Your pops was a wrestling fan. Yes. And so that's like, how me
2: and him bonded. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> like, like it, growing up, it was me, my brother, and my dad watching wrestling all the time together. He didn't really watch much TV. Yeah. But he well, loved wrestling. Yeah, my dad the same way. So he he knew who Ric Flair was for sure. Yeah. He loved Ric Flair because he was just so funny and, you know, over the top. Right. And it just connected because Ric Flair is like a hip-hop icon too. And So I was like, man, because I originally wrote on Stir Fry and they passed on it. Wait, and what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote on stir-fry first. I didn't even know Pharrell did the beat. I wish if I'd do that, I would have just made a text message to somebody <laughs> What do you yeah. mean you wrote on stir-fry? So I wrote a treatment for stir-fry. Okay. I didn't get it. Okay, I, I thought you job. meant you wrote part of the record. No, no, no. no, 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 no. no. Okay, oh, sorry, treatment. that would have been okay. not. Yeah. No, I wrote the treatment. And okay. I pitched on stir-fry. I didn't uh, get it. Okay. Um, the video was dope, you know, whoever did it. But it was very similar to what I also came up with. But I think the other guy deserved it, especially because that was a very like you know chinese influenced thing and it was a chinese director yeah, was that i think doing it was a fire video. fire video so um i was kind of bummed out though cuz i was like oh man this beat is hard i didn't get it yeah. next day like uh, the commissioner from republic is like would you want to do Ric Flair drip i'm like are you kidding me yeah. <laughs> cuz the video came out way later than the song way right? later yeah. uh, it's cuz rick had a health issue oh and i don't think i didn't think they, it would be right to do that video without rick okay. i even told him like i'm not doing this video if rick flair's <laughs> not in it
0: like <laughs> so you were ready to turn it down yeah, if
2: Ric Flair's not getting it, I'm not doing this. It's like, I'd get joked on the internet, like, yo, this is corny. Like, what am I supposed to do? Have somebody that looks like Ric Flair? Yeah, right. Can't. You got to have those. Was your issues. dad at the shoot?
1: No, nah, I nah. wish. <laughs> you know, first time my dad finally <laughs>
2: went to a shoot was an Asap Ferg video. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> what yeah, he loved it. He loved it. <laughs> and my mom, they took a photo together. <laughs> it was so funny. And, and, and Ferg is such a nice guy. Like, he's he's super cool, you know. Like, my mom thanked him because, you know, also, like, taking care of my brother, you know, with the production and stuff. Sure. He just got a new placement on the Ferg album, so it's just cool. What What would okay. you say is your biggest
0: video to date?
2: I think Rick Flair Drip Now with the, if the how numbers. M- how many
0: million views you got on that? I think it's like
2: about to be and, I don't know. I look it up, like 110 or 120. I don't Jeez.
0: know. You know, if that record came out in Bollywood, it would have a billion views by now, <laughs> no, right? Oh, dude. <laughs> but before <laughs> before we go, what are your thoughts on the Bollywood views versus like American hip hop views? Dude, it blew my mind
2: ridiculous. But you remember how much the population is and sure. they're viewing it differently. Apparently, they're all on this app where they all talk to toge- talk together and like talk about the videos and they share it within families. I'm hearing about this because I we had to talk about the rollout for the Shahrukh Khan video so I'm learning how like the Bollywood stuff rolls out. It's interesting, man. It's really Sick. interesting and it's it's another market to tap into and
0: You're already there.
2: You're on the way. Dude, I know. It's like I'm getting these opportunities. I mean, like I said, it's been a blessing, bro. Like to be able to like represent for like the Daisy community and then the hip hop, and then also uh, this other pressure of like being a creative in Virginia. It's all these unique things, right? Being brown and coming from Virginia is two different things that people look at. Like, For sure. there are people from Virginia that look at me and like, yo, man, you inspire me. I'm like, really? This is crazy to me. Like, friends from high school now that d- didn't realize that I'm doing this, like, Ric Flair drip kind of let them know. <laughs> Because <laughs> the name was on there, it was like one of the few videos where I put yeah, my name on there. Yeah, we saw that. That was, your <laughs> name was prominent. My wife's like, "Yo, intro. you don't put your name on that." <laughs> it wasn't even my wife's favorite video because my wife's like, "Oh, this is such a typical hip hop video. I'm like, you don't get it. That's what Ric Flair is. He's like, uh, just like a G. he's a G, and that's what. You, I, was like, I wasn't gonna do something too left field for that. Nah, he's like a stunner. So I'm like, yeah, you gotta have the Rolls Royces and all that. You know, you gotta stunt in the video." Hell so it yeah. kept it simple, kept it on brand, you know? Man,
0: I, th- I think <laughs> we were privileged to hear just some of the stories. Uh, I feel uh, privileged to be able to, there's like, there's you guys gave me that platform, man. Thank you so thank you much. much. Thank there's you. a boatload of stories coming out uh, that we're going to talk to you about. For uh, sure. uh, probably in part two, uh, if we could get you back. I'm down. Uh, you let awesome. me know when. Before, before we go, um, you know, like I said earlier, I think for us, all of us in this space, you know, there weren't mentors early. uh, There was no blueprint for doing what you've done for doing what we do. Um, Our primary goal when everything is done is to inspire the youth, Right, uh, is to help others see that there is opportunity here as long as you hustle, as long as you put the work in, as long as you you give it all you got. And for those (laughs) listeners, uh, I want them to hear from you um, just some key pieces of advice. Um, You know, some... Something that they could take back and say, "Yo, show it, me," said it. If you if
2: you're like I said, growing up, Dacey, you have this uh, challenge, this 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 uh, pressure to be that uh, you know model minority, right? So like your parents are immigrants, they're gonna they're gonna give you a hard time because I don't think even th- to this day they'll still get it, right? So like you gotta work extra hard. You gotta have a backup plan. Even if – you know, even if I think – I think I would have been somebody that would have had a backup plan regardless, right? You got to have a plan A and a plan B. So, like, yeah, don't put everything into it, but make the sacrifices still. And when I say don't put everything into it, like when I went to school, I still made sure I finished my college education, made my parents happy. Sure. But at the same time, dude, I, like – you know, it took me a little longer to graduate, but I was still hustling on the side, making flyers, web designs, whatever I could to keep that brand growing. And so, like, you know, it, 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 your parents will understand when they see the check. unfortunately. <laughs> but, but um, you know, and if it doesn't work out, it's never too late, man. Because I got a friend that we started out together. He's also a brown dude, a noob, uh, um, who was a, like one of the first guys to like book Drake for a show at Penn State. Um, he, you uh, know, he was consulting with Drake and all that stuff early on, and he works for um, Ernst. Was that uh, Ernst Young? Ernst, Ernst and and Young. young yeah. You you know, worked for Ernst and Young, and we just kind of started hanging out again. And he was like, bro, people still tell me I should be taking advantage of all these friends I have that's in the business. I'm like, yo, it's never too late, bro. Like, you still got the talent. Yeah. If I could help you out, you know, I will. So I don't know. Never give up. You know, I don't think that you're too. Because I look at myself as a late bloomer because I see kids now that are 17 doing this. The last kid that like was my second camera guy, 17 year old Bengali kid that shot the Pusha T video. He, he's the second camera. Right. You know, but um technology is definitely just just be grateful for for uh, uh you know uh, the opportunity to be able to do this stuff especially now man the internet is there so you could self learn if your parents aren't letting you go to school for it who cares dude yeah. just learn it on the internet cuz that's what i did
1: tech is so easy to learn and yeah. and it's so accessible now yeah. whereas yeah. when we were growing up it wasn't so um show me w- we we spoke with you for 2 hours but i feel like <laughs> i've known you for 20 years <laughs> straight up man i
2: t- i told you at least 30 years of my business so <laughs>
1: No, dude, thank you so much again for being here today with us and sharing oh, thank these wonderful you. gems and bars with us. Uh,
0: before we end,
1: tell tell uh, the listeners where they could find you, man, where they could catch you. If they
0: want to know more about what you uh, do, where are you accessible?
2: Well, so I can get my cloud up, go to my Instagram, follow me, uh, at uh, S-H-O-M-I-P-A-T-W-A-R-Y. That's my Instagram. Twitter handle is the same, S-H-O-M-I-P-A-T-W-A-R-Y. And then if you want to see the work I've done, uh, I've got a website, Elusive Media illusivemedi dot ElusiveMedia.com. Elusive man, it was a pleasure. It was what an honor. a pleasure honor. speaking to uh, you guys. Thank, thank you, you so much. We, uh, we will
0: share some uh, more stories at a later date, man. But thank you for coming through. Thank First you. First time in the new studio.
1: Yes. Loving it. Uh, we wish you well, man. Enjoy. Thank you, man. This is the Butter Chicken Podcast with DJ. Wait, hold on. Oh, is the Butter Chicken Podcast? Yeah, it's a podcast, man. Oh, man, don't you it's hate when bardcast? that happens? Yeah, it happens, bro. It's a, it's it happens uh, to me sometimes. It's a Daisy <laughs> slip, I call it. Not a Freudian <laughs> yeah. slip, but a Daisy slip. Yes, yeah, the Daisy slip. Actually, you close this out, Sharad. You always close it out. do I have to out. Something, something yeah,
2: out. I, I call it, Virginia Beach, we call it Fobbing Out. Yo, you want to Say close Volkswagen it out? five ah, times.
0: You want to close it out? No, no, I'm going to let y'all do it. This is the Butter Chicken Podcast with your boy, DJ Sherrod. And DJ Juicy. Recorded at the Chutney Compound. New Jersey, we are out here. Shout out to the squad. Shout out to everybody for tuning in. This is the Butter Chicken Podcast. Find us on
1: all podcasting platforms, which is juicy. Which is, uh, firstly, Instagram, which is the hub, I always say. It's Butter Chicken Podcast, at Butter Chicken Podcast, and that'll take you to everywhere else, SoundCloud, iTunes, etc. All
0: right, we'll see you next time, ladies and gents.
1: Peace. This what i This talking